you're out. First, I see someone I like, eye contact. The most obvious thing in the world, but executed poorly by 99.9% of people. Another episode of Girls Gotta Eat. Welcome back. Coming to you from LA. Sunny, beautiful LA. We love it here. I love it here now. Good. Thank God. You convinced me. Thank you sold me. God. Ate in and out. Saw the sun. I live here now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to Third Love for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash GGE to find yours today. Also, thanks to The Real Real for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. The Real Real is a marketplace for authenticated luxury consignment. Shop in-store or online to get $25 off your first purchase with an account sign-up. Additionally, get 20% off selected items at therealreal.com with promo code REAL. Yes, and thanks to Billy for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Billy delivers premium razors direct to you for half the price of what you'd find in the store. For a limited time, get 10% off your razor at mybilly.com slash GGE. And thanks to Native for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. For 20% off your first purchase, go to nativedeodorant.com slash GGE. All right. All right. So if you really are keeping up with our lives, if you're listening to this on the 24th, we are in Australia, but we're recording this like right before we get on the plane. I mean, we'll get one, whatever, later tonight. Almost, almost. But, yeah, we're recording we, this our last day in LA. But we spent last week in California, sunny, beautiful California, San Diego shows, two of them in one night, yeah. LA show, unbelievable. It, yeah, it was our biggest show. It was at the Wiltern Theater. It was insane. It was incredible. We opened with the LA Rams cheerleaders. Pretty casual. We have our own cheerleading squad now. Um, and the shows were just wild. I don't know what else to say. We I, had a, the best time. I mean, it was truly like, you know, I'm not trying to pit cities against each other, but it was the loudest and longest welcome when we walked out on the stage since Boston. I'm just saying. So now it's we got Boston, we got LA, we got East Coast versus West Coast. I don't know. Philly might rival them. I don't know, guys. I'm very overwhelmed. I cried on stage. I cried doing my Instagram stories yesterday. I cried watching all of your Instagram stories. I did my first talking to the camera crying on Instagram story because I'm so moved by that show. Um, I'm crying right now. I have to stop. It's really embarrassing. I just... I. Love our community of people. We didn't even mention this at the show, but it was our two-year anniversary at the yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Um, so to spend that with 2,000 of you was really, really, um, they meant a lot to us. So thank you. Yeah. And um, San Diego was incredible as well. Um, neither of us had ever spent a lot of time just in the city in general. So um, we really like got into it. We got tacos and Oscars. It was unbelievably delicious. What else did we do? We, we did it. Yeah, we really did. We like, what else did we do there? Oh, um, I heard this couple fighting in the hotel room next to me. I talked about this at our, at our California shows, but I was awakened one morning to this couple having a big fight. And I was like, I mean, I love to hear people fight. I love other people's drama. I live for it. But I, at nine o'clock in the morning, I was like, okay, I'm like trying to sleep here mm-hmm. <laughs> until I heard her yell, when was the last time you ate my pussy? And I was like, all right, I'm up. I am invested and I'm up. And I was just sat there. I was supposed to be right in the lobby. And I was like, I'm not, I can't come down until this is over. I got to see what, whose side I'm on. I got to see this fight out. Well, at first, Sherlock Ashley, um, 
was like, I'm calling the front desk. I'm calling the front desk. I, I'm taking care of it right now. And then you just stayed. Well, it, he sounded aggressive. And so I was like, you know, there's like a point in a fight. You hear a man's voice hit a certain level and you're like, oh, he's going to hit this woman. You know, like I was like, this is getting like pretty bad. And then it, it was fine. Like they diffused the situation. He ate her pussy. Uh, he, he was definitely going down on her when it, it got silent. And I was like, he went down there. No, but um, that was the highlight of my San Diego trip. <laughs> and the tacos. And I mean, the, we and always the say we'll walk 10 blocks out of our way to watch a, watch a fight. hundred percent. Couple fight. I love it. I'll, I'll walk behind somebody if they're just fighting with somebody on their phone. I don't care. I'll hear one side of it. <laughs> I, you know, I stayed at the airport at the pickup section um, at, at LaGuardia one day for an extra 25 minutes. This girl was kicking the columns. She was screaming and oh crying God. she was yelling so loud i couldn't she's my favorite i miss her every day you, yeah you have to you have to stick around when you get opportunities like that <laughs> speaking of the airport we did miss our flight um <laughs> first time ever first flight i've ever missed in my life in your whole life my whole life and you and i are like reckless with yeah. airports you and i have i mean we've tsc pre-check and we're like status on delta we are reckless with what time we get to the airport in general oh yeah and that's why we're friends but um you've got to find somebody that wants to get to the airport at the same time as you do. But we just, we, it was a Friday afternoon to three day weekend going to JFK. It took 90 minutes. We did not prepare and we're sitting in the car just like we're missing our flight. We actually, we got there in time to make the flight, but we, you know, we, we checked bags obviously because we're traveling for three weeks. So we were supposed to leave at five on Friday and we left. We were on the eight, like we were in the car, like, I start to panic, but we like checked and saw there was a later flight. So they put us on it. So we had our Valentine's day in JFK. I got a pedicure. Yep. We had wine. (laughs) It was romantic. It was great. I bought some magazines and some books. Ashley didn't buy them for me. I bought my own Valentine's day gifts. (laughs) I bought a pedicure for myself. Best pedicure of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Almost too smooth. When I, I hope you guys think this is as funny when as I do. Ashley like bum rushes me at the airport and it's like, they're smooth. They're almost too smooth. My feet were legitimate. I don't know what she did. She used some sort of exfoliator on there. She didn't even use a callus remover. My feet were so smooth. They were sliding around on my socks. I was like, they're almost too smooth. They were literally like slipping and sliding inside my socks. I don't know why this is so funny. <laughs> so I can't recommend the express spa at JFK Terminal B enough, guys. Miss your flight. Go get a pedicure. I ate soup because of course I did. Of course, obviously. And bought books. Um, so yeah, California, unbelievable. Loved it. Loved both cities. Love spending time here. Yeah, LA is just, it's LA. It's like the only other place I would ever live at yeah. this point. And we get a lot done here. We've recorded with so many people. Um, if you got today, we have Matthew Hussey. We didn't even say incredible episode. We're going to try to keep this intro short because we talked to him forever. He's incredible. He actually came to our LA show. We got to spend some time with him in LA. Um, and just a teaser, we have some fun episodes coming up that we record in LA. Stassi Schroeder for one. That should be soon I don't know, we gotta figure our schedule but um yeah we just we love being here and um so many great podcasters and people to record with and stuff so he will be on soon um i actually have to wrap this up so i can go meet him for a coffee <laughs> yeah i'm going to yoga rain is going to coffee with with matthew hussey our guest for today that's our vibe we uh stayed at the w hotel in hollywood which we love um okay so i want to talk about this hotel because i am so obsessed with artwork and photography mm-hmm. and really like the design of this hotel is unrivaled it's so stunning yeah, there's um, unbelievable artwork and paintings all over it the photography upstairs if you go upstairs is amazing but there's also a gallery they're featuring Helmut Newton right now yeah um, who's a phenomenal fashion photographer I just love every little touch has been thought of here so if you guys are really into like art and design I mean the rooms are beautiful too but everything is great here um, good location yeah the rooftop is beautiful like
like you can um, go look at my Instagram. I post a photo on the rooftop. You too can have that photo. <laughs> um, and they have a recording studio in here. So that's the, always been the W's thing is like their music and um, like sound stuff. Like I've always gone to like W music events. So like the recording studio that we were in, I think um, Selena Gomez is recorded in there. Lady Gaga. It's, it was awesome. So we got to be in there with some of these guests that we've been wanting to talk to for a while. So it was great. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Check it out guys. I was stayed in the lobby last night to work. The vibe was so cool. A lot of like industry people that look so cool <laughs> and vibey. I was like, somebody adopt me. <laughs> I mean, it's like so Hollywood. I was by myself on my computer everybody's like ew work she's gross (laughs) um yeah it's been great my best friend Kate moved here to LA um I convinced her to no I'm sure she had some outside influences like her husband and her own life choices but I really wanted her to move here so that she's like they're like splitting time here between Atlanta so I I love it I just like want to spend more time here I feel so happy I do too I thought the, the I thought I, I always think that New York is like the center of the universe when I'm in New York and then I go somewhere else and I'm like oh this is what it like feels like to feel happy <laughs> <laughs> to feel joy <laughs> Rainy, you're feeling joy it's just been the, the weather in New York well, weather man I'm the, <laughs> oh we didn't even give a weather update the, yes good. you did you said it's sunny and beautiful did I yeah you did oh thank god right you're too happy to even care like 69 degrees that's the thing about LA in the winter you guys straight 69 degrees all the time shorts and a sweatshirt which is my favorite outfit to ever wear yeah shorts and a sweatshirt like now I'm, I've been really rocking these biker shorts throw them on with a crop top and a jean jacket living my truth <laughs> can't recommend la in the sun enough <laughs> Get a real mood stabilizer for me shorts and sweatshirts yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to say i'm a little tired um yeah i've been doing a lot all right well we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and yeah jump in with the shortest intro of all time it's because but um which some of you'll be happy about some of you brought some of you guys are probably on itunes like we hate when they talk about their lives shut up and get to the topic <laughs> It's our You're show. welcome. Those three people. <laughs> Those um, three assholes. Uh, but they we, literally don't care. They literally don't care about our shows or our lives. That, that girl, Merry Christmas. It's your Christmas present. We're not going to talk about ourselves. We got longer. a bad review on Valentine's Day too. <laughs> or we got a nasty email. Like if people remember <laughs> that email, that girl was like, she was so offended by something we said. I'm like, the, the holidays, man, people come out. What did she say you did? You micro something. a micro aggressive comment. Yeah. She like, just learned that word in one of her comments classes and she was like I'm gonna outwoke you bitch <laughs> anyway um that's it for us I guess yeah right? we have a great episode for you guys today it's it's long it's full of really really great advice from a great person he is a love life coach he is a speaker with sellout seminars all over the world he is over 300 million views on his YouTube channel he is the New York Times best-selling author of get the guy learn secrets of the male mind to find the man you want and the love you deserve we are so excited please welcome to the house studio with us and Dewey Matthew Hussey Thank you for having me. You're, well, that was a good intro. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Oh, it's it's my thing. favorite thing. Yeah. Is it really? Oh my yeah. God, and I laugh because like, guys, just you know, it's not Husey, it's Hussey, like a dirty little Hussey. Hussey. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't know if my mum would feel the same way about, she's also, she's Not a dirty Hussey. hussey. Not that I know of. <laughs> no, I think she's, she's lovely. She's my mum. But most people mom. probably say Husey. 
I'm assuming. Nah, most people say hussy. They do? Yeah. Okay. He's pretty well <laughs> He's pretty well known. Well, we're excited to have you here. Um, like, well, just, they know, you know what I meant. Full yeah. transparency, people have been asking us to have you on the show for a long time. Um, you're obviously very popular on YouTube and Instagram, and just your work is so phenomenal, and Ashley was up all night long um, watching your videos in bed, <laughs> but not, ma- not masturbating to it, just to be clear. I masturbate to TikTok, let's yes. be clear. Only teenagers, but I'll masturbate When to I went later. on the Rachel Ray show, she didn't open with that. She didn't masturbate to you? She probably did, though. She didn't talk about Raina. whether she did or she didn't. Raina's had too much coffee. I'm so sorry, you guys. And we, we today we're filming, and so we're, Raina and I are forced to sit close to each other. You know I hate to be touched, so everybody's uncomfortable. Do you hate to be touched? I, no. Not, it's not a, by somebody she's sleeping with. I am affectionate in a relationship, but I don't like to, like, cuddle up with my girlfriends and, like, play with their hair and, like, be stroked. And Raina lives for that shit. I live for it. I live for affection. I love it. Great. Yeah. I'll sit like, on your lap this whole recording. No, it's going to be stop. great. I, but I am like, it's funny because in a relationship, I really do like, I like it. Like, um, I think people don't, wouldn't expect that, but I'm just not a big, like, let's spoon on the couch with my friends. You're very selective about. Yeah. I'm like prickly. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Like people, people like, like to come to the meet and greets to watch me awkwardly hug people. That's the only <laughs> reason why I go to the meet and greets is to watch her hug people. <laughs> well, we're really excited to have you. And, um, we talked a little about what you do, but if you could expand a little on it and tell people what it is that you do. Yeah. I will try and give the very summarized version, but I, around 12 years ago, started a organization, um, that was all about empowering women in their love lives. And it started with maybe five women in a room on the first event I ever did and then grew to the millions that we work with today, which is kind of crazy. I run two live retreats a year um, in Florida. I have online programs, a book, uh, you know, you name it. But we, I guess I've just, I've become known for talking about ideas that a lot of them in the love life space, but just generally ideas that can help people but for women exclusively all, like are the almost, retreats although all we women? have the, the retreats are all women but more and more these days we have guys following who don't always they're not always very active in the comments but they're there because yeah. i i know because i walk down the yeah. street and i have guys coming and saying hi and i watch all your videos i don't comment but i love them i think it's universal well, it's, we, we get that's us too you know we built this for women but we have men and i mean gay men but straight men and that still are listening and right gaining something from it too. Yeah. Good I mean, advice it's like peeking into the other side too. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, we always like joke, we ask you like, what gives you the right? Um, do you have like a psychological <laughs> background? Did you study this? Or was this something you were blogging about? Like, how did you come to start right, like, like these the five women in the room? Like, what was the intention there? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm going to stop me. I'm going to stop making you uncomfortable. No, I am. Actually I am curious. It, it, of, would, <laughs> it would take a lot, I think. I mean, you you might be able to make me uncomfortable. It would take a lot. Don't challenge me for this. Don't, I can't please do not. Do not put her, don't. Don't get her going. Um, But I am curious, the motivation. I, well, listen, the motivation was not in the beginning, I must talk about dating. That didn't, that wasn't like, like, I don't think, I certainly didn't grow up going, God, when I'm older, I just, I want to give people flirting tips. I don't Mm want to talk about dating. I want to, I didn't care about that. I, I did care as a teenage boy about my own dating because I knew I was shy and introverted and terrified of rejection. I would never talk to the girls that I liked. The only girls that I would ever date were the girls that asked me out. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having the thought even early on, like, if I don't fix this, I'm never going to be in a place of choosing. I'm always going to be chosen. 
And that doesn't mean that I'm going to have the relationship I really want. So I, I knew I had to be more proactive. And in that sense, I was my first client and my first experiment. But I was also just, I'm interested in ideas. I love, I love talking about ideas and it's hard to put that on your business card, like guy who likes talking about things, mm-hmm. but I, <laughs> I, I, that's always the way I've been. And I just got known for dating, but truthfully, you know, as anyone who actually follows my work will tell you, like it was, as soon as you get into it, you realize it's much deeper than right. that. There's well, a lot more going on. We hope that's what we're accomplishing too. You know, like it, we've, it started out as dating relationship sex, but there's a lot more to life because people are yeah, you know, multidimensional. <laughs> and I think when people find a vo- like, there's so many voices in the world that are not that helpful. That I think when you find a voice that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this person, I just align with them in general in life. There's just a lot of the way they look at life that I relate to. Then once you find someone like that, you kind of listen to whatever you know, whatever they're talking about. You're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the hard part for anyone like us is like, well, there's the hook. There's the thing that someone comes to you trying to solve a problem or thinking, I want to talk about dating. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk. But once they realize, oh, I really like you guys, then it, then it's a different relationship. I want to say dating the way you do. Like you, you how how do I say it? Like you don't say the T really. Sometimes I do. Oh, it depends. (laughs) No, do you know, I, I realize this because someone made, someone made fun of me the other day. Like last night I ordered a margarita (laughs) and and I realized sometimes my parents are kind of Cockneys from the East end of London. So they have that, Mm -hmm. what Dick Van Dyke was trying to do in Mary Poppins. They have that. But I went to a good school where people didn't talk like that. So I kind of, I flipped between both sides. Yeah. Sometimes I'm Cockney and other times I sound quite BBC. Maybe me and you should challenge ourselves the rest of the episode to only say dieting. 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 Margarita is tough. No, that's too many syllables. I can't do it. Say it again. Margarita. Margarita. (laughs) See, I don't, I say margarita normally. I guess I love margarita. It sounds, it's a fun noise to make with your mouth. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the current landscape of dating. Um, (laughs) No, we, 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 we talk about this with various guests, but we'd love to hear your take just to open it up on, is it all bad? Is monogamy dead? Why is everyone having so much trouble out there? I mean, I know those are very broad questions, but I'm sure you can. Give Mm. your take on it. I think that like, you know, people just to piggyback what she's saying, like, I think a lot of the vibe is like, you know, I go out on three dates and they're great and it fizzles. And like, why does so much stuff fizzle? And is it because it's all bad? Monogamy is dead, et cetera. And that's a very loaded question. Like, does everyone just want the next best thing? You know, everybody gets ghosted all the time and Mm. or is doing the ghosting, you know? Well, firstly, I operate from the point of saying, I don't think people have changed. But, you know, we, we... evolution doesn't happen that fast. Like mm-hmm. our needs don't change that quickly. Technology has changed, but people are still people. And we have to remember that. Like it's, everyone, everyone so overstates how much everyone and everything is different, but it's just the medium changed. So yes, it's easier to reject people because we don't necessarily have to do it in person. Um, but even then, like people talk about ghosting, like, oh, why is ghosting such a thing these days? When was ghosting not a thing? <laughs> when right. was like, 
we literally can watch movies from the 50s where the woman sees the guy and she's like sees him in the street and she's like why didn't you call right <laughs> it, that's ghosting i guess we just couldn't watch them on social media also living out their best Correct. life on top of the fact they're getting ghosted so it hurts more you could pretend to yourself they died I hope they right. died. And are literally <laughs> ghosting. That's where it started. You hope that they died. You called them a ghost. Right. They were a literal ghost. No, it, these days it's the same thing. It's just, I think dating has, yes, it's become harder in the sense that we have the the paradox of, of choice and so on. But at the end of the day, we have to start asking more for what we really want. And that's what I see a lack of. I think culturally, we're sort of playing it too cool. Like we've bought into this idea mm -hmm. that no one wants commitment these days, that no one's going to take it seriously. That, and when you buy into that idea, it starts to affect your energy too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now you tiptoe into a third date or a fourth date going, oh, I don't want him to know I care too much. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to know that I am thinking of him as someone that I might actually like to see where it goes with. I, I'm going to keep playing it casual, keep playing it cool. But then, of course, you put yourself in that category. You're now in the category of someone who he doesn't need to have a real conversation with about this. And men play on that shit all the time. They play on they the like fear the of energy. having the conversation. So now they don't have it because it's like, it's so easy as a guy. If you don't have the conversation, I don't have to have the conversation. So, well, let's just keep seeing where this goes, I guess. And then one day after seeing someone casually for a long time, you find out he's seeing other people or he's, and then all of a sudden, it's all the hurt and the anguish that comes with that. And what the hell? I thought we were doing this and do it. I like, I really liked you and I can't believe you were doing that. And, you know, his response is going to be, but never we asked. never talked about it. Like what? I, I don't know where this is coming from. And he's half right. He's half right. He's half wrong in the sense that it's, we all have to, I think, I think we have a responsibility, both genders, to be careful with people's hearts. I really believe that mm. because we, we act kind of ignorant to the effect that we can have on people when we hurt them, when we mislead them, when, we make, when our actions make them feel like it's going somewhere, but what is really happening is something else. We have a responsibility, but at the same time, I would say this to women, and this is coming from a place of caring about the women, you have a responsibility to yourself to go into a situation and not be afraid of asking questions to which you're afraid of the answers. Would you say that, I mean, personally, I think that I suffer from this where like, I don't want to ask the questions because I don't want to seem needy or like I don't have anything else going on or right. I'm jealous, et cetera. But like, I have to be ready for the, the outcome, I guess. Like, do you think men think that you're needy and jealous and insecure if you ask these questions? No. Do you think there's like a too soon to ask these questions? There's always a, everything operates on a spectrum. So there is a too soon for certain questions, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's no too soon for saying, I would love to find a great relationship. That's something you say, you could say that on a first date, which makes it clear that you're someone who's very much open to a great relationship because it has no, I'm not making it personal. I'm not making it about you. I'm not saying like, you know, I'm considering something with you. You're saying, I would love to find a great relationship. Right. You're out of that mix. You're not even close to know you. someone I could think of in that way. That's okay. What, so I think people conflate the two too often. They think of their goals 
and and they think of their intentions towards him and they immediately intermingle them mm-hmm. in a way that makes it really hard to talk about it. I think that people should be much braver in, you know, firstly, you come off a date, if you like someone, tell them. If you, if you had a good time, like had a really good time, that was a really fun date. I don't think people do that enough. Like, I, mm. I have literally been on dates myself where I left, found out later that the person wanted to see me again, but there was no hint of that in what I got afterwards mm-hmm. in the vibe. There was no like, you know, I could say, had a really great time tonight. And they'd be like, um, yeah, it was fun. And I'd be like, is that it? Like you, right. do you, like, I'm like, there's no vulnerability to that exchange. Well, that's the fear of, yeah, of course. It's like a fear of being vulnerable. That's right. where it all comes from. But it makes it so much harder for us to read each other's signals. So I actually think we should be more open about the fact that we had a good time or that we thought someone looked really beautiful tonight or that we thought they looked handsome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, our actions, you might, people say, but then he's going to think that I am like easy or when I see him next, I'm just going to go home with him. You know how he knows you're not going to go home with him? Don't go home with him. <laughs> Right. Like that's how he knows that. So our actions can can follow up on that. And then at a certain point, I think we have to be willing to say to each other the honest version of what's going on. Because there's the crazy version and then there's the honest version. The crazy version is, so like, what are we mm-hmm. after three dates? You know, like that's that makes people feel like, oh, that's a lot of pressure and you're asking yeah. me that right now and so on. But I think it's fair to say to someone after a few dates, I I am really enjoying the time we're spending together. Like, I, I don't know how you feel, but I like you. And I'm just letting you know this because I'm not, I don't feel like seeing anyone else right now. And I'm not saying we have to say what this is, but while we see where it goes, I'm not seeing anyone else right now. And I didn't know if you felt the same way and I don't want to put, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be close. When other people ask me out right now, I'm not really sure what to say. Right. When you say that, there's a level of candor to that that's bold, it's confident. And it's not saying the decision is in your court. It's saying, just let me know where your head's at so that I don't run away with myself. Well, the thing, and we're going to back into this on this episode, but like the thing about those conversations are that you have to actually be confident. You have to have, have to actually be not needy and not insecure in your own life. And the whole, the whole point of that, when we always try to drive home is like, live a great life that you're not desperate for a man mm-hmm. that you're not going to a man. Like when are we like desperate to na- nail him down, get married, have kids, whatever, like have a good life, be confident in yourself. And then those conversations won't freak them out because of like what's happening internally. So, and that's why we want to, we're going to get into all of it, but it starts from like within basically. Yes. And the problems that people encounter within mean that they fail the one test that need, they always need to pass in order to uphold their standards, in order to pick the right mate. And the test is, can you walk away? Are you actually prepared to walk away? You've always got to be prepared. To, it's right. no different from any business deal. It's yeah. no different from anything in life. You you have zero power at the point where you're not prepared to walk away from a deal. Right. And zero. Well, yeah, that's the person that, I mean, it doesn't sound great, but the person that cares less has the power. So, I mean, it's like if you're ready to walk away, you, you have all the power. You can care. See, I think what's really powerful is caring a ton, but... That is never going to supersede right. 
what I believe is right for me or best for me. Right. Like I can go into a business deal and I really care. Like I, yeah, I that think was that's, a bad way to put it. No, no, no. You, you're right though. It's it. You, the sentiment is correct. I but I can go into a business deal and say to someone, I really want this to work. I care deeply that this works. I think what you're bringing to the table is amazing. Same with my staff. I think what you're bringing is amazing. I want you in my company. I want you to stay. But ultimately, I am prepared to lose you. I am prepared totally. to walk away despite how much I care. And and all of your power comes from that place. We're going to continue this. We're just going to take a really quick break to talk about some of our partners for this episode. Yes. Okay. I am telling you guys about Billy today. Um, my dad's name, also the name <laughs> of my favorite new razors. You always think about your dad when you're, in, when when I'm you're shaving naked, my legs. shaving your legs. Who doesn't, to be honest? Um, Billy Greenberg. <laughs> um, I have used the same razor for like 15 years. I like am very, very specific about what I like. I will spend all the money in the world for a great razor. So I'm so, so, so excited. This is an advertiser of ours because I love that I found a razor that I'm obsessed with using, but the price is great because I have been spending up to $20 on my razors. Um, so introducing Billy to you, which is a premium razor company delivered directly to you for half the price of what you find in a store. Um, they deliver to you and to get started, you guys can get the starter kit. It includes two razor cartridges, a handle and their magic magnetic holder for the shower. Um, so the, the bar across it is really smooth. It makes for a really, really nice shave. So you don't have to use shaving products if you don't like, um, but they also have those as well. Uh, and my razor is always just sort of like in a puddle of water in the shower. And so I love that they do these uh, magnetic holders so that I can put my razor up. It doesn't rust and it doesn't just get like that goopy, weird stuff that most razors get in the shower. Um, for only $9, you can get four refill blades every one, two, or three months based on how often you guys shave. And you guys can get free shipping as always. Uh, and if you're not sure about it, you can skip, adjust, or cancel your subscription anytime. So I would absolutely highly recommend checking it out. It's in my bag right now. It's in Ashley's bag. We're traveling. We're on the road. It is in our travel bags today. Uh, so to express a little love for Girls Gotta Eat, go to mybilly.com slash GGE. You guys will get 10% off your razors and get the best razor you will ever own for half the price of razors in the store. Plus shipping is always free. This is a limited time special offer. Go now to save 10% off your razors at mybilly.com slash GGE. It is spelled M-Y-B-I-L-L-I-E.com slash GGE. All right. Also, thanks to The Real Real for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. The Real Real is an online and brick and mortar marketplace for authenticated luxury consignment of clothes, fine jewelry, watches, fine art, and home decor. We've been talking about them a lot. We love them so much. Um, it's all, it's designer clothes, bags, shoes, home decor from brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, Yeezy, Balenciaga, anything you can think of that's high-end designer. Couture is on the real real. It's the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment. So we don't just tell you guys that it's a bad idea to just like go online and go on eBay and, and find these things. I mean, but there's obviously verified sellers on eBay, but you never know what you're going to get. So when you order a designer garment, not from the source online. So this really is is the most authenticated source for those high-end brands. And they, I like that they tell you what shape, what condition something is in, if it's new, like new, lightly used. Um, and you can also visit one of their stores. They have a location in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, and two in New York City and Manhattan, the original store in Soho. And there is a new location at 870 Madison Avenue. And of course, everything is online as well. The most fun parts is just looking online to see all this stuff, like Celine bags, like Christian Dior. There's like clothing. There's everything from like coats, leather pants, 
you have your shoes, sneakers, pumps, boots, handbags, clutches, crossbody bags, shoulder bags, anything you think of watches. I'm a big watch person. They have Rolex, Cartier, Chanel, Hermes, Tag Heuer, anything you could want. Guys, get this stuff and flex on your friends. I know, flex on all your friends. And of course, you're not paying full price like you would in the store. So we we can't recommend it enough if you guys go to the store in LA or New York or you buy something from the real world, make sure to tag us in your Instagram stories. Uh, we want to see what you got, obviously, and drool over it. So go to their website app or retail store and you sign up for an account to receive 25% off your first purchase within one week. And then additionally, after that, you'll get 20% off select items, either online or in store by going to therealreal.com and using the promo code REAL, R-E-A-L. So that is 25% off when you sign up and then an extra 20% off select items with code REAL at the Real Real or by visiting one of the retail stores. So if you walk in or you uh, shop online, either way, you're going to get those discounts and perks. Uh, okay, let's get back into it with Matthew. Okay, so we're back with you. And I love what you're saying about like, be confident in asking for something and saying what you want, but also be confident in walking away. And you say like, it's the same thing at a job. I had a boss say this to me once, like accept the rules and work here. And we're thrilled to have you or decide that you don't want to accept these rules and you don't have to work here. We'll fill a position with somebody else. Right. And I think that everybody's always looking for this magical answer about like how to make men want me, how to manipulate a man into committing to me and manipulates the wrong word. But you know, that's why self-help is so huge. That's why there's so many podcasts about self-love. That's why you walk to the airport. The entire bookstore is just, you know, how to convince people to be with you, love you, give you more, et cetera. And I think that they're just is no magic answer. You know, you can only control you and what you put into the world. You can't ever really control another person. You can't. Where, where the gray area is, is you can't control, but you can influence. Okay. And there is a hell of a lot you can do to influence people. You can't, when you guys, guys go and do a show, you can't control 100% whether someone's going to laugh. But you get pretty good at the mechanics of influencing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. That's what you do. That's what makes you professionals in that space. Right. That's why you can go up and, and make people laugh and other people can't. You know the rules. You know the, the framework for doing that. And, and everything operates like that. There is a confidence aspect to everything in life. And there's also a competence aspect to everything in life. And I'm fascinated by both. Because no one, you don't want to be in a relationship, by the way, with someone who's confident, but not competent. Mm -hmm. That's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Like that, you don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to do most things with, so you don't want a guy coming over to you to approach you on a night out who's confident, but not competent. <laughs> what that does that look like? Can make you feel real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's about being competent as well. And, and I, everything that I do, I'm, like people have asked me the question, like, you know, are there really strategies for this and so on? And, and they actually, the answer is yes, as, but they have to be authentic to you. And it can't be you pretending to be mm -hmm. somebody else. You have to marry internal confidence with an external strategy for the way that you communicate with people. And, you know, I heard like, for example, I heard Joe Rogan talking about this, where he was talking about um, his ability in conversation having improved drastically over the years as a result of the podcast. That to me is, that's exactly what I talk about because you can stop, you can be bad in conversation. That has nothing to do with confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That has to do with the fact that you don't know how to ask a question. Uh -huh. You don't know how to listen. You don't know how to steer something in an interesting direction. So all of the stuff I teach are strategies for bringing your best self to the table in dating but it has to be underpinned 
by a deeper level of confidence. Otherwise, the moment someone tests it, it immediately falls apart. You can like sense it. Yeah. That someone's trying to be a certain way, which is like cringeworthy. And then the moment you actually threaten to leave or the moment they're like, don't leave. Like, please don't, don't leave me. And then you realize, ah, this person's, this is, they're full of shit. They're not really confident. Yeah. This is all an act. So it can't be an act. That so is can we talk about yet. some of this? I mean, yeah. I think even like, again, we told you this before, we don't want to talk about this. What are women doing wrong? Our goal mm. is to lift women up and, but at the same time, give them tough love and strategy, you know, like, is there something you see more prevalent than other things that women are, could do differently? I th- I think that you can almost approach it at different stages and say, you know, you can almost diagnose issues and say, what's the solution to that? So for example, I really believe that one of the fundamental issues of our time now for men and women is that we're not actually meeting each other in organic ways. So if you're speaking to people on Bumble or Tinder or Hinge or whatever, you're meeting too many people for our brain to kind of process which is why we get so ridiculously over-analytical about this picture and whether this, per- why, mm. you know, we, we're, we're so much fussier than we really are. Because in person, you could, meet, you could see someone who's half as hot mm-hmm. and you'd be like, that person's hot. Yeah. For sure. It, yeah. On here, you're like, that no one is good enough. <laughs> I know. Right? So it creates a false standard. And I really believe, like, we see people every day that we think, are attractive, but we do nothing about it on either side, men and women. We're both responsible for this. But a lot of guys would love to come and do something. They would love to come over. They are just terrified of doing that. And and here's the problem. It's actually getting worse, not better. Because the more addicted we become to apps and to dating sites, the less we even work that muscle of talking to people in person. Of course. So... People like see someone in a bar and then hope they go home and find them on an app. That's right. How crazy <laughs> is so that? Crazy. So I, I think that it's not about, early on I realized my work is, if I want to get women more options with guys, because I, I really believe we often choose the wrong people simply because we have a scarcity mindset. We think we don't have options. Okay. So then the person that is in front of us or the person we've been, who treated us like crap for the last three months, but that's all we have, mm-hmm. we go back to because it's comfortable. So I want to create more options for people. And 12 years ago, when I started this, I started thinking, well, how do I get women to create more options, especially when a lot of women don't feel like it's their job to go and make the move. They want a guy to come over to them. Mm -hmm. Not all women, like there are women like you who are more proactive, but But not always. so many women I deal with are not doing that. And I even know that anecdotally as a guy. For sure. So it's not about getting women to go do all the work. It's just about getting women to open the door for guys to do something to, you know, you'll get approached much more if you're approachable. So then the question becomes, how do you make yourself far more approachable? Mm -hmm. And when women would start saying to me, well, I'm old fashioned, you know, I don't make the first move. I would always counter that by saying, then you don't know what old fashioned is. Because a hundred years ago, a woman would walk past a guy, see that she was attracted to him and drop her handkerchief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy would see it. He'd think this is an extraordinary opportunity to sure. be a man. Pick it up, <laughs> walk it back over to her. And he'd be like, madam, you dropped this. So what's the 2020 version of dropping the handkerchief? How can we make ourselves more available? To- a really simple way is just asking a favor. Okay. Like you, it, there's a study done where they, they looked into the psychology of favors and how it increased likability. 
what they were looking for is the, the obvious. If I do you a favor, you'll like me more. What they actually found was if I do you a favor, I like you more. We okay. like people that we're able to do some small favor for. The only caveat was that it couldn't be onerous. It okay. couldn't be difficult to okay. perform. Is there a favor in a bar? I'm at a bar. So you're in a bar, you literally, let's say you're about to give a round of drinks to your friends. You say to the guy, I've run out of hands. Could you watch my jacket for two seconds mm-hmm. while I give these to my friends? Yeah. No one's going to say no to that. It's an easy okay. thing to perform. Yeah, of course, no worries. You give your drinks to your friends, you come back, you grab your jacket. Thank you so much. You're a gentleman. How's your night going anyway? You've now got a conversation where you didn't have to walk over and say you're hot. <laughs> you can start, because that's starting at 80 miles an hour, right? Which is fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Right. But you might not want to do that 20 times a night. Whereas right. if you see someone you're mildly attracted to or you want to then... That's a way of me dropping the handkerchief in a way that when I come back and say, how's your night going anyway? It doesn't really look like I'm doing anything. It just no, looks wanna, like I'm being polite. Yeah. So I, let's take this because I, I feel like so many people in cities right now, like this, the problems are the basics. Like, okay, we're going to go out this evening. Here's what's likely to happen. You're going to go out with the same friends you always go out with. When you walk into the venue, you're going to find a table because that's what everyone's obsessed with. Let me find somewhere to sit. Let's find a table. Let's find a place to root ourselves, which inherently makes it difficult for anyone to come and do anything because right. that's, that's where your zone is for the evening and you create a little fortress that no one can get into, mm-hmm. right, without splitting the group up in that some awkward way. Um, and, and now nothing happens. So the, to me, if you, you could almost drop the, you could break dropping the handkerchief down into three parts okay you're out first i see someone i like eye contact the most obvious thing in the world but executed poorly by 99.9 percent of people <laughs> i shouldn't be like miming a blowjob while i do it that's 18 miles an hour see now you're Raymond, going now no, you're going to 200 miles you. an hour you are the outlier this here. is our show every show is about me nobody <laughs> acts like you Raina's success rate is 100 percent. she's a different level but by <laughs> no the one way, has their type of confidence but that's what's that's what's interesting i don't care if they say no and that's what it is i'm i don't i don't and i don't think you do either like i don't base my night or my confidence on a stranger saying to me i don't find you attractive or i'm not interested in talking to you and plenty of guys are not interested in talking to me or i'm more interested in talking to ashley or one of my friends all my friends are beautiful i lose i lose guys all the time to them i just don't care but also mm-hmm. like i we like to say and we're gonna get into this don't worry we're not we're, we're gonna go through these things but like if you make eye contact with somebody, you smile at them, you ask them to watch your coat, nobody's going to go, oh my God, you are obsessed with me and I would never date you. Like there's no, the worst case scenario is that they don't hit on you back. And no, like that, I think people are so terrified of this terrible scenario that isn't realistic. You know, like you build it up in your head of like the fear of rejection. It's like, what's rejection? You're going to pick up on if somebody's, feeling your vibe and then if they are you move forward if not you walk away but that but that is what we're we're afraid that we're gonna have to go over to someone and tell them i like you and i want to talk to you because i like you know that's the version in people's heads that i've got to go over there and tell someone i like them and now it's a real rejection because now it could go horribly wrong and so on it, we have to start breaking this down into layers okay so let's people go back can people, can't, people don't know how to do eye contact so yeah the, you can, and we'll talk in terms of women for the moment. If a woman is in a group of, say, three friends, and she looks over at a guy and thinks he's hot, 
very often she'll look at him. He won't even see her looking at him, but she'll look at him for a second and then look back at her friends and be like, okay, he knows. Like he's seen like, and it, he hasn't seen anything. He doesn't know <laughs> what, he has no idea. Right. Right. So, and then, and that women will constantly say to me, like, if a guy doesn't have the balls to come over to me, then I'm not interested. Like I want the kind of guy that's got the bravery to come. Well, there, there's something I think really unfair about that because yeah. it's tricky for guys. But, but then on the other hand, all this boils down to is what he looks like. Cause on the other hand, a guy would approach a woman and she would be like, Oh my God, that guy was such a creep. Can you believe he just walked over here? You know, like we all, it's not, well, that's why guys, that's why guys are terrified. Well, that, yeah, terrified we say this that too. We, th- thing. we think yeah. that a lot of cases in this whole scenario, women aren't sometimes not doing themselves any favors, you know? No, they're, they're, they're not. And that kind of judgment of people does no one any favors because it is, there is, it's like, it show it shows a real lack of empathy for how hard it is for someone to come across the room, risk it all going wrong, and then have to do the walk of shame mm-hmm. back across the room to where they came from. That's extraordinarily difficult. So eye contact, it means actually make eye contact, and it means a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, because it's yeah. on that fourth or fifth time or sixth time or seventh time that someone starts to realize, oh, I am... I'm confirming that this person does want me to say something. Right. Because most men are self-aware enough at a bar, at a restaurant to say to themselves, okay, somebody made eye contact with me. That doesn't mean that she's interested. She's just like, I'll have dinner. I make eye contact with all kinds of people at a restaurant. So I like the idea of like, yeah, like just keep doing it. Confirmation. Yeah. Because it's like a dumb man's brain. Like they don't know. We, no, no, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I put myself in that category. Like you, you, you see someone and you go, well, I could be misreading these signals. Like, I don't really know. And sometimes it's like, well, is this person just looking at me now? Cause I'm looking at them. Like, does right. it, like you don't know. So yeah. that confirmation. And by the way, throwing a half smile into that, or even just a smile into that fifth look, sixth look, that does confirm to someone like I am looking at you. And there's some, I'm feeling something. Now, even at that point, he might register, oh, there's something here, but it still requires a degree of competence. And in some cases, a high degree of competence for someone to now act on that, especially if you're in a group of friends, which can be fairly intimidating. So he's well aware because every guy has been through this. He's now going to walk over to a group of women you have been making eye contact with him, but that doesn't know that you're, that doesn't mean that your friends know that you've been making eye contact with him. So as far as everyone else is concerned, this is just a random dude waltzing up to the group. Right. So much as you might be about to give him a pleasant reaction, half of your friends might not. Exactly. And he's well aware of that. Every guy has been in the situation where I'm getting a nice vibe from this person, but her friend is giving me daggers mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And that's a hard situation to be in too. So now he's still got to go over and have an audience because as soon as he comes over, the rest of the friends are now listening in going, oh, what's, he, what's happening here? What's he saying? And so on. So the second key, first is eye contact multiple times, confirm it. The second is get proximity. Actually get closer to separate the from the group separate if you can separate from the group and you don't have to walk across the room but you know your group's just standing over here to your right hand side just go stand by the bar for a couple of minutes order a drink mm-hmm. on your own like totally. give him the moment that he can and ideally go order a drink 
closer to where he is at the bar Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier for a guy to turn his head and say hello than it is for him to walk across the room and say hello i just let's just like get that i think that shouldn't even be the goal that's a crazy thing a guy with that kind of confidence it's going to come up and approach the group and like hey noticed you looking at me we don't want that guy so let's just take it out of the (laughs) the scenario like i don't even it's crazy you know what i mean what is that guy got going on that he is that confident (laughs) that is crazy it's a movie version exactly right it's not realistic right it's not mo it's not 99 guys out of 100 yes. like it's just many like women will say to me oh this isn't true like guys are, I, I get guys approaching me or whatever yeah it's the same 1% mm. in every venue right it's always the same type the of same guy. guy you will always if you hang back and don't do anything you will always meet the loudest man in the room amen uh-huh and that's dangerous because right. that's a certain type not always sometimes uh-huh. it could be a good guy but a lot of the time there's a certain type of guy that is able to work the room in that way. Most men will look at you. They'll enjoy looking at you. They'll smile and they'll leave the venue and they'll go about their lives because yep. they you gave them no opening. So you're totally right. Which is sad for both yeah. parties because okay, you both so go home and like, oh, I wish I could meet someone. And jerk off. <laughs> you saw alone. someone tonight. Yeah. Okay. So proximity. So get proximity, get closer. Um, and then the the final part is if he doesn't say something don't be afraid to say something but that something doesn't have to be a lot it can be the smallest thing i was in a starbucks i yawned and the woman near me went she looked at me and she went long day yes yeah little things like that, that moment, no one's what, gonna be like i have a girlfriend you right, know what i mean exactly. like that's not no well these guys approached us at a bar they were trying to order a drink but i liked his line it was a cocktail bar um and he was like what do you guys like on the menu and like it's simple but it like opened us up physically to talking to these guys and like maybe you're attracted to them, maybe you're not but like that hey what do you like to drink here yes it's just so simple i think and it's not i'm not necessarily hitting on you i think it's also plausible deniability that like i just wanted to know what was on the menu yep. it was good it's simple totally. works and yeah. and actually like you said because it's not necessarily clear in the beginning whether you're being hit on or not it's just opening the doorway for communication that is something you should be doing with a lot of people when you go out i i'm a just big practice uh, yeah i'm a mm-hmm. big believer in this idea that do not wait all evening for the one person you think is incredibly hot to walk in for you to suddenly do something because you're not going to turn from someone who's being quiet and talking to their friends to this like outgoing gregarious person who the moment mr hot guy walks in you're going to suddenly bolt (laughs) over there it doesn't work like that like social skills are a muscle and they're even a muscle on a particular night How Mm. many of us have felt before a party or something? I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I get every party. I get it all the time. (laughs) I I literally, I, I, I am still an introvert. I have extroverted moments, but I'm still an introvert at heart. I still have shy moments. I will get into a venue and be like, oh my, we're doing this. I've got to do this now. I've got to talk to people. I've got, I still get that. I just know how to overcome it these days. And one of the ways I overcome it is look at those first 30 minutes. or that first hour of the night as just mini moments, mini interactions. I don't have to stay anywhere for too long. I'm just like, I'm a big fan. I used to call it two hit theory. I need to come up with a better name for this. But the idea was that you should see every interaction in a night as two hits, not one. Where you see someone next to you and you say, oh, I like your shoes. And then you turn away. 
like, oh, I like your shoes. Those are cool. And then just keep talking to your friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, your, that's the first hit. But here's what you've done. Most people go out with how many people, like on, a, on an evening out? Two, maybe yeah, three. Yeah. So they only know two or three people. That means that the next nicest person to the two or three people they came out with is going to be their best friend in that venue, uh-huh. right? The next nicest person. So <laughs> we should all focus on being the next nicest person for everybody. Right. Uh-huh. By the way, later in the night, an hour from now, people will be shocked. If they did this for the first hour, they would be shocked at how many interactions start coming to them mm-hmm. over the next two hours from people who are looking for conversation and who are now, who are they going to go to for the conversation? The, the nice person. The nice per- the most approachable person they've come across so far tonight. I like this affirmation of confidence, like where you say, like you're somebody who does a lot of public speaking, so are mm-hmm. Ashley and I. And I like this affirmation that like even the, you should remember that even the people that do it professionally aren't the most confident people. Like we're all, un- we're all insecure. Like it's still like you go into a bar and even somebody like you who like I would look at and think is the most confident person in the world. You talk for a living, you give advice for a living. Like even somebody like you is not always sure of himself. And so like, it's good to remember not all men are just out here, super confident, ready to like fuck everything, you know? They're definitely not. And I, I think confidence is wildly misunderstood. Um, Mm -hmm. It, it's not a light switch. It's a muscle. Mm -hmm. Like people think like, I'm going to, I'm going to, once I learn how to be confident, that's a light switch that now is turned on. It's not, it's a, this is a muscle you have to work every day. And there are different levels at which you can work that muscle. Like when I do my retreats, there are literally three layers of confidence that I teach. And at the, but even at the deepest layer, it is a muscle that has to be worked. And I have to work that for myself every day. And I know that on the days where I'm feeling unsure of myself, on the days where I, I'm like, oh man, I'm just not, I don't know what's going on, why I'm not feeling good on stage today, or why am I f- nervous before going on this radio show, or it's usually because I haven't worked, I haven't done the things that work that muscle that day. Right. Okay. We're going to talk more about that. We're going to take a, our second and final break to talk about our partners and we'll be back right back. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm telling you guys about third love. Um, I'm excited. I always get to do this partner because I love boobies and I love bras. Um, personally, as somebody who has like a smaller frame and larger boobs, I've always struggled to find bras and um, I've struggled to find bras that are cute because typically when somebody makes bras for my size, they're just like ugly old granny bras. So um, one of the things I love about Third Love is they understand that there is a perfect fit for every woman. So uh, they offer over 80 bra sizes. I love it. The stuff is stylish. It's comfortable. The The straps won't slip. Um, the cushions are really nice and soft as well. So um, I wear my t-shirt bra all the time, for example. To get started, you guys can go to their website. There's a Fit Finder quiz. It's super simple. It takes literally a minute to complete. Uh, and it'll help you to find out what kind of size you guys are in terms of the cup size and the size of your back and things like that. And they have a perfect fit promise. Um, so every customer, once you get your bra, has 60 days to wear it wash it, put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it to Third Love and they will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which I think is an amazing um, charitable component to their company. Um, Returns and exchanges are always free and super easy, but I don't think that you will. I think it's really, really a great company. Tons of different colors, tons of different styles to choose from. Hands down, the most comfortable bra you guys will ever own. And again, I love the t-shirt bra. I wear it around the house all the time. Ashley wears it as well. Lots of colors, lots of styles and fits. So as always, we're giving you guys a discount. 
Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. You can go to thirdlove.com slash GGE now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash GGE for 15% off today. Yes, love Third Love. Wearing my t-shirt bra right now. Um, I am telling you guys about Native. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. So their deodorant is made with ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter. You wear deodorant every day, so you should be able to know what's in it. It's going on your skin. So there's no shady ingredients or anything that's going to do any harm to your body. We are seeing you guys tag us in a lot of native stuff. So we love that you guys have made the switch to an aluminum free deodorant and it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice their performance. So they'll native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. We love the scents. So there's over 10 scents and some of them rotate seasonally. So I love the coconut and vanilla. That's their most popular and my favorite. I just love anything coconut. There's lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, the eucalyptus and mint, which I think one is one of Raina's favorites. And and um, yeah, they come in these smaller sizes. So they're great for travel. You can throw one in your work bag, gym bag, uh, keep one at home on your counter. So you can have one on you at all times. And if you don't like the scents, they have an unscented option and a baking soda free formula as well. If you guys have sensitivities. So if you are, have a really sensitive skin, you're going to be able to find a native deodorant that totally works for you and doesn't make you break out or anything crazy. So we um, we're big fans. Again, I use the coconut and vanilla. Raina, I think you use the eucalyptus and mint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything uh, with mint, I'm all about. Yeah, fr- fresh minty pits. That's what we like. And you don't have to worry about it doing any harm to your body. And they're just really cute. We like them. We like the name. We like all the things. And we love that you guys have been loving them too. So we are giving you guys a discount, of course. Get 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com slash GGE. That's 20% off your first purchase by going to nativedeodorant.com slash GGE. And take better care of your pits today. Uh, All right. We're getting back into it with our guest. I also just wanted to touch on like the approach too. Mm -hmm. like um, I've been out with somebody a few times and he came up to me at a comedy club and I mean, I performed, but he just said like, great set. And like, notice we're wearing the same outfit, you know, like we were like from the like sweatshirt to the like black pants (laughs) to white shoes. And I, if I, I I like immediately was like, oh, I find this person attractive. So it just, you turn to that person, you start talking. If not, it would have been like, oh my God, that's so funny. Okay. Have a good night. You know, Mm -hmm. like maybe you chat Mm -hmm. a little bit more, but I think if I wasn't interested in him, I wouldn't have thought he was a creep. I just would have been like he had an observation about something that's happening in the world. And that's what we always tell people is like we've met people waiting in line for something because it's like you comment on like, oh, my God, can you believe this line is so long? You know, like a light complaint, I think, works wonders, too. Mm -hmm. And I just think that people have this feeling of this, you know, Starbucks thing you mentioned, like anything around you that someone is experiencing at the same time you can comment on and no one's ever going to think you're weird. No. And it's and it's just. I'm so, I'm obsessed with this idea because I know that it's literally the difference between people meeting the love of their life and not. Like Mm -hmm. it is, the stakes are that high Mm -hmm. on these tiny moments Mm -hmm. is that, and by the way, I also believe that there's another love of your life waiting around the corner. (laughs) So I don't, I'm not that, like there's one person for everyone thing, but, but that, what you just said is so important and profound and people must must listen to that and it's also about always just like just you don't have to go straight to your heart you could just push it one millimeter further like when someone's when i'm when i've said something to someone and then they say to me so what are you doing here or so how long have you lived here 
I'm like, ah, okay, they want to talk. Like mm-hmm. just the one extra question yeah. is sometimes all you need to True. be like, yes, yeah. oh, okay. It's, again, it's mini confirmations. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big believer in you, you have to close down space so that someone feels like, so that you engage someone in the first place. So like making eye contact, getting proximity and saying something is closing down space, right? You, there's space between you, you're closing it down because we're all just atoms. We need to collide. Like that's it. It's as simple as that. So you close down space, but now what we're worried about is, oh, I'm going to be interrupting this person's day or night. I don't want them to think that I'm like going to be stuck here with them. I don't want them to feel like, you know, and the other person sometimes is thinking, oh, someone's just come up to me. Are they going to now, am I stuck? Especially women, like, am I stuck with this guy now? Is he going to go anywhere? It's almost like sometimes you don't have time to even process if you're attracted to someone, if your primary thought is, are they ever going to leave? Uh-huh. So we close down space, but then you have to recreate a little space. And that to me is why sometimes, whether it's leaving to go to the bathroom, whether it's turning to talk to your friends again, those moments are crucial because it's that moment that allows someone to A, observe you without having to have the, like, we're looking each other in the eye talking, but B, it allows them to now make the next move. And when they make the next move, you have a little confirmation like, ah, they do want to continue that. So it's constantly closing down and recreating enough space that you have validation that this person wants to talk to you too. Well, the, I love the watch my stuff thing. And I think I know a couple that's married from that. Like when they were at the coffee shop, can you watch my computer? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think when you ask somebody to watch your stuff, I mean, again, guys don't come for us if you get your shit stolen, but like, it's, it's not our fault. <laughs> but you, when you come back from the bathroom or whatever you were doing, delivering drinks to your friends, like if, if they open the door back up, you'll know, like I've experienced that before where, you know, you ask somebody that and then you come back and you're like, thank you so much. And then they're like, someone tried to steal it, but I fought them off. You know, like they, yeah. mm-hmm. they like have been thinking of a way to talk yep. to you while you were in the bathroom taking a shit. You know what I mean? So no, I'm just kidding. But like, I think we all, not everybody, most of us have a pretty solid sense of if someone wants to talk to us or not. Yeah. Like you can pick up on like, am I annoying this person or do they want to continue this thing that we have. And I think that's such a, such a solid thing is the, like, what's the Wi-Fi password? I mean, we have all these opportunities when mm-hmm. we're out in coffee shop. What a, we had a guy on James crispy shorts who that was, he did that yeah, with his, his now fiance was yeah. the, can you watch my motorcycle helmet? Oh, that's yeah. what it was. He'd uh-huh. been eyeing this girl. She was sitting there reading a book at a coffee shop and he asked her to, he asked her to watch his helmet and they're engaged now, you know, yeah. like wow. these things are really. Imagine if he hadn't. Right. Like, that's so crazy to me about life. Like uh-huh. that, that whole chaos theory thing, the butterfly effect is so real when mm-hmm. it comes to this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that you're totally right. I think you'll know. I mean, we have to pay attention to social cues. Like, you know, when somebody doesn't want to talk to you, pay attention to it. And if they don't, that's also not the end of the world either. Like mm-hmm. that person is not the validation for whether you are good looking, fun, 100%. cool, funny. Like I'm at coffee shops all the time for work. I all the time ask somebody to watch my computer. When I come back, sometimes it opens a conversation and sometimes she it leaves her nudes on the computer. I've done that before. It was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> Why were they up on your computer? In what were you doing? Looking for, I was looking through Google Photos. Jesus Christ. I was looking through Google Photos for like a promotional photo. It just happened to be in there. Like I took nudes that day too. So just when I just there. The, I like uh, I think women sometimes are scared to stand alone. Like when I, that guy came up to me, I was standing by myself mm-hmm. watching a comedy show. I mean, granted, I was there alone. I was on the show, but like 
I don't know that he would have come up to me if I was there with three girlfriends and fought through the crowd. Yeah. Like I was the most open. Yeah. I'm standing there. We're experiencing the same thing and I'm alone. It's like we said all the time. I mean, if you want to, I think if you, if you have the balls to go to a comedy show alone, you might yeah. meet somebody. But and, if he walked away from you and like didn't laugh at your jokes or didn't care what you said, like, I don't think it's the end of the world. And it's not like, that's not the litmus test for whether you're good looking. Like maybe that's just not your person. That person doesn't find you good looking. And I think that's the confidence in this is like knowing we can do these things, but we, but not allowing that person to be the, the measure and the gauge of, is this night going to be good? Am I good looking? Mm-hmm. Am I cool and worthy? You know, that's exactly right. So just keep doing it. So we were before we kind of went back into it, but I like that you were asking kind of like, where do you get this confidence from? Like, I know you talk a lot about confidence and like flexing that muscle. Yeah. I like, I, I think that for me, at least what I suffer from is not confidence in a first interaction. I'll introduce myself to anybody and that's what we do for a living all the time. But for me, it's that like four or five date range that I'm in where I'm like, I like this person. How do I communicate this in a confident way? And that's a little harder for me. So what are you afraid of at that point? I mean, I'm afraid of the same thing everybody's afraid of, which is, you know, seeming needy, seeming jealous, seeming like I want more than the other person. It's always afraid, uh, I think, scary to tell another person, I, I want something, do you want this? Even that's if kind you, of interesting, right? Because like 60 seconds ago, you were the most gung-ho person in terms of saying mm-hmm. what people think of me isn't a reflection of how attractive I am and doesn't matter. So yes. what changes at date four? Because you've shown them your vulnerable side. Yeah, so they got to know me. Like if somebody doesn't know me at all and I just walk up and say hello, I don't care if they like me. They don't. That person doesn't know anything about me. But like once I'm, I've been on a bunch of dates with somebody, I've slept with somebody, they've seen me naked, I have told them about my family or whatever it is. Um, if that person then actually reads you and decides they don't like you, it's always a bummer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die. I agree with you that you're the next love of your life could be around the corner. But yes, I do have sort of a problem. I think sometimes articulating what I want in a confident way. Isn't so how you flex that muscle is important. Shouldn't we reverse that though? Like exactly the way you put it, which makes perfect logical sense. I don't care about someone's opinion when they don't know me. When they do know me, it feels like a real rejection. Um, in a way, I think we have to flip it so that it, if someone gets to yeah. know me and then they don't want me, that's about as wrong for me as someone can be. Okay. Like they can't be more wrong for me than knowing me and rejecting me. Right. And that, that's the thing that, like for me, in any breakup, the ultimate place, the ultimate realization that that anyone has to get to. And if someone comes to me trying to get over a breakup, the ultimate place that anyone has to get to is I, someone who doesn't want me cannot by definition be right for me. Uh, I mean, I can't say it enough. It's all, it's all I say. If you don't like me, I don't like you. I just, I can't write it off that easy. I think you spend like three months with a person. I don't, That's I don't different. think that you're in that category. I don't think you would spend three months with a person and be like, well, if you don't like me, I don't like, no, you no, know? no, it is. It's, it's more, I, it's, no, I, I mean, I like when you're a little more into it. I don't think it. it's True. that easy. I, I yeah. don't think what you're, what we're talking about is easy at yeah. all. I, I am talking ex- about a, a, like at the beginning. Uh, right. Yes. When they're being an asshole and fucking with you and uh, she's great at that, yeah. you know, but I, I think it's, it's, it's not easy, but. I do think that there's an emotional place that we have to get to where we say, you, I, let's say I'm in a relationship and someone's not meeting my needs. 
you're not right for me if my needs aren't being met. If I'm not happy, you can't be right for me. And if I'm in the early stages where someone can't even commit to me or suddenly starts going cold on me, to me, there is a kind of simplicity to that where I I look at it and all I have to do is imagine, like go back to being a romantic, like imagine what's my, what have I always wanted in my love life? And the, the thing that's the same for everybody there is, well, I want someone who's sure of me. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. someone who's really sure that, that I'm their person. Like anything that's a deviation from that is a massive departure from what I've always wanted, from what I wanted growing up, from the love I always said I'd have. So the moment that someone starts pulling away from you, with every day that they pull away, with every day that they ghost you or with every time that they disrespect you in a way we should be severing more and more of those threads between Mm. them and the idea of the ideal love that we're looking for and i think that is what it's easy to logically you know logic doesn't actually help us in an emotional situation very often but we always say like the alternative is accept less accept less of what you want and less of what you think you deserve. And you're going to keep putting yourself in that position. And that's the alternative. Like you could stay with that person, right. but you just accept less. And that's a terrible place to be. Well, it's a, it's, you're, we're lying to ourselves because we're, all we're really doing is lying to ourselves about how unhappy we either are or are about to be. Like there are plenty of people that will see a guy that didn't message them for the last two weeks. He suddenly comes out of the woodwork and he's like, hey, like, what are you up to this weekend? And they'll see him because they really want to see that guy. And there's this huge surge of emotion and rush of like, I, I get to see them and maybe... But what they're not anticipating right now is the horrible hangover that they're going to feel yeah. at the end of that experience when this person goes cold again. And we have to associate more into the pain that's coming. Right. Like how, if I, a friend of mine, Jesse Itzler says, if you have to make a snap decision, ask yourself, how will I feel about this decision tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I guess um, it's just the what's wrong with me, right? Like, it's just the like, how do you shift that? We, we constantly try. We talk about all the time. Like the, if someone does, isn't sure about me, they don't want me. I've gotten to a place in my life, in my thirties, the work that I've done, the, what we've learned on this podcast of being like, okay, that's not my person. This might hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. I might miss them. I might miss the way that we laugh together. We'd sex, whatever it is, but I can move on from this. Cause I know that's not the person for me. Sure. Right. And then, so I'm glad this ended sooner than later. Yep. But when you're a little younger, you just, you know, you, you're built differently. It's like this whole, what's wrong with me thing. And by the way, that can happen at any age that, that like can get the best of us. You, sure. Someone can crush you. Of course. And you thought you were so strong. Oh no, whatever. I'm not, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, like it still you, happens, but yeah, we all, we all have to, I, you have to respect the drug. Like you have uh-huh. to respect anytime you go into something that's as potent as like romance or love or any drug, and and you have a disregard like, eh, I'm fine, I'm confident, I'm this, I'm that. That's when you're going to get fucked mm-hmm. is because you're not respecting how powerful that drug is and how much it can mess with your mind. And in that situation, when we start questioning our worth, it's usually because we're basing our worth around the wrong things and we've forgotten where our worth actually comes from. And one of the big things, I'm, one of the big things that I've been working on for years and thinking about for years is where does... Where does real confidence come from? Like when you think of deep, deep, deep level confidence, where does that, what is that? 
because there's surface level confidence, which is the way that we portray ourselves. And that's actually important. I mean, it's not that that's unimportant, but that's, you know, you could walk on stage and have the bravado and have that way about you. And people look at you, oh, wow, isn't she a confident person? Whatever. That's surface level. Then there's the middle level, the lifestyle level. That's like genuine things that underpin confidence. Mm -hmm. Could be that you've uh, achieved a lot in your career in your lifetime. It could be that you've studied different subjects and that makes you feel very uh, eloquent in different areas. It could be that you uh, have a dog that you love. It could be that you have a family that is your tribe and who you know have your back. It, it's all these things that give you an external source of confidence. And again, that's important too. You should build those things in life that expand you, that allow you to rely on different parts of your life for parts of your identity and, and validation and so on. But the dangerous part about that level is that it can go away, mm -hmm. is that any one of those things can, can go away overnight. And then if all of your confidence is rooted in that, then you're very much vulnerable all the time to changes in circumstance. And so I'm all, and, and by the way, most people in life who look confident, who seem confident, who even seem to be able to back that confidence up are only lifestyle confident. They are confident because that lifestyle level of confidence is going well for them. They are riding a wave. And, and that's, those are the people that when shit starts to go wrong, then you start to see, ah, they seemed really confident, but they were only confident because everything was going right. Well, okay. but and then, how, but I don't know, because like, can't you have inner confidence and outer confidence? Like, what, what, how would a person yes. with inner confidence act then? Just well, quiet and I mean, like, you know what I mean? No, no, no. It's you can certainly have both. It's just that outer confidence melts away when it's tested if it's not underpinned by for sure. By really else. doing the work on yourself. By doing the work. Now, okay. but doing the work isn't just the the lifestyle level because to me I'm always I'm always interested in what's the level even deeper than that that means things can go wrong in my life and I'm not gonna lose my confidence. Because we can't you can't just be confident on the days that you get an A in, yeah. in the exam of life. You have to, like, I could be an F student today, but I'm not going to lose my worth. How do you do that? Most people do lose their worth at that point. That's the layer that I call the core. And that is 100% about the relationship you have with yourself. And it cannot be based on, you know, when people say like, People say, oh, it's such an obvious cliche thing. You should love yourself. But if you really get to talk to people about this, you'll find how hard they find to articulate or think about this concept. Because you say to someone, well, why should you love yourself? And say, well, because I'm generous and I'm kind and I'm a good person and I work hard. And I, they're still listing all of these things that are giving themselves an A. Are you going to tell us? Or are you going to be just, like, now you have to sign up for my summer? <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanna, I'll see you in Florida, folks. But no, I want to hear. that doesn't sound bad. Like what you're listing out, I agree with you. Like I, to me, it doesn't, there's material things you can feel confident about, yeah. money, your career, where you live, what your apartment looks like, what your clothing looks like. And that there's inner confidence, but you're saying there's like another level. Like I think, yep. I think you should feel confident about yourself if you're kind, if you're generous, if, if you have these personality traits. And what if you're not? What if then you're, you're not, not then those you're worthless? things? No. So here's what here's my self talk. I think that 
like when I think about like men, I think that there's always going to be somebody personally that's better looking than me, that's funnier than me, that's smarter than me, that's richer, that's more successful, et cetera, et cetera. There's always going to be people that are more than that. That doesn't make me less of those things. So yeah, I'm in my 30s. I don't look like I looked when I was 21. And mm-hmm. like, but that doesn't make me like that much less attractive than I am now. Like I just, that's where my confidence comes from. That's my self-talk. Like there will always be somebody better than me and that's okay. And I can still like myself and that doesn't make me less of those things. I mean, I love that. Okay. I think it's really, it's important. That gets to a deeper level already because really you're not then using those things as a barometer. You know what I mean? It's now we're out of the comparison system yeah. with other people, which is massively, massively important. But, and I think actually that's connected to the way that I teach this because the way I think about it is in terms of unconditional love. We understand this concept in relation to certain people in our lives. When people think about their kids, no one, people don't need their kids to do well today for them to want their, the best for their kids. They just, I just want, I love you. What do you mean? I want mm-hmm. the best for you. It doesn't, you could be an asshole today. I still want the best for you. Mm-hmm. I have two brothers. Whatever they do, there is a bond there and an unconditional love there that they can be a terrible person today and I still want the best for you. Because I love, why? Because you're my brother. Mm-hmm. No other reason. There's no logic to that. It's just your mind. Your mind. What do you mean? You're mine. You're my brother. To me, the ultimate secret to confidence is flipping that and understanding that that same unconditional love that we give to certain people in our lives can be turned inwards. And we can love, each, love ourselves for no other reason than we are ours. Like, I love me because I'm mine. I am... Since the day I was born, it's been my job to protect me. It's been my job to, to be responsible for me. And I believe that in that very simple idea, that's the key to ultimate confidence. Do you give people tools? Like, do you like affirmations or, you know what I mean? Because it's I th- like, I, I, I agree, agree, yep. <laughs> you know, but... It's a set of processes. So yeah. on, on day five of my retreat, the first thing we do, well, not the first thing we do, but part of this process is you have to connect people. I'm, even now I'm saying this logically, people have to connect to it more than logically. They have to connect to it on an emotional level because mm-hmm. we're not moved by logic. We're moved by emotion. Right. So the, one of the things I do on day five is we literally have an hour long visualization process that people go through in the room okay. where it actually that we, we do this as a story so that people can buy into the story and they can go on that journey. But we also begin a process of very practical things that people do. Like, you know, one of the most detrimental things you can do for your confidence is breaking promises to yourself. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, that's, that's erodes confidence consistently. Mm-hmm. So I'd much rather people make small promises to themselves that they keep and then begin to build up a relationship of trust with themselves than leave my retreat, set these extraordinary goals for what they're going to do tomorrow and then do none of it. And then they're back to having a person that they don't trust. Right. So keeping promises to yourself is one thing. Uh, Forgiveness, your ability to move on quickly when you do something wrong 
is absolutely crucial to everything that's coming mm -hmm. because most of us waste 80% of our energy on beating ourselves up for something stupid. I said something stupid. I did. I wish I hadn't done that. I procrastinated today. And in that thing I said I was going to get done, I didn't get done. So the, the inverse of that is you have to keep to your promises. But when you break them or when you screw up, you have to be a, a, a master at moving on and forgiving yourself at lightning pace. Can I play devil's advocate and ask a question though? Because mm -hmm. I think that some people could rationalize this advice to say like, I shouldn't work on myself. Like if you do something shitty, I think that you should feel shitty about it. Right. That doesn't mean you should never forgive yourself. But I think that like there is in there a little bit of like, you shouldn't feel confident about everything that you do. And if you, if you say to yourself, I'm not kind and generous, I don't know that necessarily you should love that about yourself. There's a, there's a line in um, Jurassic Park of all movies. Great. Where um, <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring up dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really talk about confidence without bringing up dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a moment where, uh, what's his name? Dr. Hammond, who owns mm -hmm. the park? Yeah. He, he says to one of the guys on the computer, he says, I don't blame people for their mistakes, but I do ask that they pay for them. And I think therein lies the balance is that I this year, in 2020, I, Matthew, in 2020, have to deal with what 2019 Matthew handed me, right? Yeah. He fucked up a lot. <laughs> he made a lot of mistakes. I got to deal with the, the, I think of it like a relay race, like a, a baton, right? A baton. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I think of it like that, like the last runner in the race, the 2019 me was the runner before me. He hands me the baton. My job is now to run the next portion of the race. Now, I'm not going to sit there in the mirror and berate myself right now for something that the previous runner did. Mm -hmm. But I do have to pay for what the previous runner did. So if the previous runner tripped up, if the previous runner slowed down, if the previous runner hurt our time, I might have to run a better race today as a result of that runner. Right. Just like, because I beat myself up a lot like when I make a mistake or I forget something or something you know whatever if I feel like I don't perform well and, and stand up or whatever it is and I just am like well I'm just gonna do better next time like there's no I can't I can't change the past right. I mean the only thing is to just like make note of it move on from it forgive yourself and try to I, not, try to do better right I equate it to yelling at your current iPhone mm -hmm. for something an old iPod did right <laughs> like if your old iPod was buggy and like froze and, you know, it just it deleted your songs or whatever. Taking your brand new iPhone and yelling at it. And it, it doesn't make sense. This is new software. This is a new piece of equipment. And I think of that every day we wake up. The software has been updated. So just make it better and feel confident in the fact that you're making it better and you're keeping it rolling. I could be pissed at the one from yesterday, the runner yesterday. Right. I could be pissed. I could yeah. be like, you fucking, you giving me this race to run today? What yeah. the fuck? I could be pissed, but... I'm not going to look at the runner today in the mirror and, and start calling her names. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So like every day is a new day. Every day is a new day yourself. and every day <laughs> is a new you. Right. Every day is a new person that wakes up. So don't yell at the new model. Right. Let the new model take care of business. Mm -hmm. Don't yell at the new model. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to ask because I think that some people would hear that and be like, okay, well, I can't just forgive myself for everything, you know? And I love the, like, the, just the advice that like, you just got to work on yourself. And but you, 
you're no, it's also about practicality. You're no good to anyone while you're sitting in a room beating yourself up. Right. You're no good to the world in that state. The The thing that sticks out to me is like somebody who emailed us and said like, well, I cheated on my last significant other and I can't forgive myself. uh And, you know, I think that that's the perfect example of like, you should identify why you did those things and what caused you to do that and figure out how I'm not going to do this again. And you're allowed to forgive yourself. Yeah. And also this energy that you like, you have time now. You have years left. So, and none of us know how much, but you're still here, which means you still have the ability to make an extraordinary impact. That, that person you hurt does not have to be in vain. You hurt someone. We've all hurt people. Yeah. And we've all had regrets about that, but that doesn't need to be in vain. That can be the greatest gift to everyone else you ever come across Mm -hmm. because it produces, it's like a, and with that mistake and with the guilt that you felt and how horrible you feel and all of that, it's like a piece of you dies. Like you, you, that old you is dead and you get, you come back as someone bigger. Now you get to go into the life with everyone else and bring a completely different version of you as a result. The world wouldn't have got that version of you if you didn't fuck up before. Exactly. You get to be twice as loving, three times as loving. If you'd never made that mistake, you really think you'd be as loving as you're going to be in the next chapter of your life. The world would have been deprived of how loving you're about to be. That can only be produced from that pain. Right. And that to me is like stunningly beautiful. I I love that. And I think, you know, we've been in relationships, like my past relationship that was serious and just going through it. I remember my mom saying to me, like, you're whoever gets to be with you next is going to be so lucky because like you have made so many mistakes. You've learned so much about yourself. You've like gone through the worst of it and you're going to be so much better for it for the next person because that wasn't your person. That I think is so important for people to hear because you should give yourself, everyone should give themselves credit now. For how awesome they will be in the next relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I said this in a, in a video recently, I'm a better partner than I've ever been in my life. And I don't have anyone to be a partner to right That's now. That's how I feel. Well, I'm Raina's partner, but yeah. But I think, you know, I think a lot about what you said in terms of like, you know, what I, I mean, I cheated on somebody with a very long time ago and I did it once and I felt terrible and, or in your last relationship, you were maybe not as nice as you wanted to <laughs> yeah. be. And I think that we can reflect on those things and say like, the reason why I behave like this is because I didn't communicate what I needed, ask for what I wanted. I might've picked the wrong person to begin with, which, you know, maybe was a little bit of that for me. Um, but I look back on the situation. We always say like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Or once, you know, somebody who's like always screaming and yelling, are you always going to be like that? And no. I think that you're not because you can forgive yourself for those things but also take the lesson which was that like I didn't ask for what I needed I maybe picked the wrong person and it led me down this path and like let's think about why I was on that path and you're totally right makes you a better partner yeah um I just want to have you like answer this I'm just curious like what your answer to this is like kind of backing up we went down like a, a different road which I'm glad we did but like this part this woman let's say she's been with this guy you know three months four months and she feels like it's she's falling for him it's going great you know they're vibing, they're, the sex is great, they're whatever, they're just having a great time. She's really into him. And then she, he just, she just gets like broken up with out of the blue. And we say like, that's not your person, which is just easy to say. Yeah, it's the truth, but it's kind of like, okay, I get it. That wasn't my person, but like, why, you know, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Well, I think firstly, it's really important in times of pain to learn the right lessons. Um, because you can learn a lot of the wrong lessons in times of pain. Like the wrong lesson could be, I don't want to make myself vulnerable again. Right. Screw that. That, that got my heart broken. Um, 
the wrong lesson can be I'm worthless. They, we, we learn a lot of terrible lessons in times of pain. The first thing I'd say to someone is, okay, start by congratulating yourself. If you're, if you're this hurt, it means you put yourself on the line. And not everyone has the courage to do that. And that is, you cannot, the experience you're looking for in life cannot be had unless you're the kind of person that puts yourself on the line. So that, firstly, take the gift of that, take the credit for that. Secondly, you have to, as quickly as possible, start doing the things that strengthen every part of you and your life. There's the, anytime you go through a breakup or anytime someone hurts you, there's the, we call it, there's the athlete recovery method or there's the hangover recovery method. The hangover recovery method is, you know, when you go out, you have a big night, you wake up, you're hungover. What do you do? You like eat a bunch of greasy foods. I order Grubhub three times. I watch everything on Netflix. I never see the light of day. I tell Ashley, please don't ask me any questions that aren't necessary to our business. Yeah. There you go. So there's all these things we do that when you're hungover feel pretty good, but they're not necessarily things that they're not productive. They don't actually put good things in your body. They don't put good things in your mind. And in a breakup, there's a hangover way of dealing with a breakup, which is I'm hurt. I'm going to close down, but I'm going to go out and sleep with a bunch of people I don't care about, but I'm going to go back to some ex I shouldn't go back to. Uh, I'm going to start eating ice cream all day. I'm going to start sleeping all day. I'm going to like we do, we isolate. I'm going to do all of these things that on the surface feel good in the very short term, but they are definitely not going to get me where I need to be. Right. When an athlete injures a part of themselves, they immediately work on every, firstly, they eat the right foods. They know that sleep is crucial. So they're getting enough sleep. They train every other part of their body that is functional. All right, my shoulder's out. Can't use that. Not going to try right now but I'm going to train every other part of my body because when that shoulder comes back online, I got to be ready to go. And that's the way I see our heart during a breakup. Mm-hmm. Get really skinny is what you're saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> not quite. That's why I'm kidding. Get really hot. Well. So you can get a better person. Part of it, part of it is training. <laughs> like you want to be confident. But it's training, your heart's offline right now. So trying to like, I'm not going to, like, that's a muscle that's wounded. Mm -hmm. I don't need to mess with that muscle right now. Let me work on everything else. Forget that. I don't need to go out and date again. I don't need to do, let me go out and take up a new hobby. Let me spend more time with friends that, that fill me up, that make me feel whole. Let me spend more time on my family relationships. Let me read books I hadn't read before. Let me travel to places I haven't been before. Let me do things that I wouldn't do in that relationship so I can build a log of, here's all the positive things. I think this is really important. Literally fill your life with so many things that you would know you wouldn't have done if you were in that relationship so that the list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. Do all of these things so that when your heart comes back online, everything else about your life is already firing on all cylinders. What you don't want is like suddenly you feel like you're kind of back ready to go again, but now your life, like you, you slowed down everything, you've procrastinated everything, mm-hmm. you haven't been in the game, you haven't been building friendships, you haven't been doing this, that. It is undoubtedly one of the worst things someone can experience. There's no minimizing that. Yeah. But it is a 
the most beautiful opportunity to train everything else. And I also think that when someone hurts you like that, there's something in a good way, I think, really humbling about it. That well, is everything it's important. Like makes you strong. I mean, when you bomb at stand up, it's really you're a better person for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you get dumped, you're a better right. person for it. You just are. Yeah. I don't think you have to wake up at the day after a breakup and be like, I'm going to take all these classes. I'm going to travel to a million places. Like you're allowed to heal. But I love this idea of just making yourself a better person. And we've done episodes about dealing with a breakup and how to come back from it. This is the advice we've always given people. And Mm -hmm. I mean, how much better of a person that makes you for the next person when you're ready to do it also. I've traveled, I have hobbies, I have interests, I have friends. I'm not so available to you. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's great advice to anybody. Yeah. And I think people shouldn't punish themselves for fluctuating between strong and crazy during that time. You, yeah, there's, I mean, and we actually did a whole episode with Amy Chan about like what hap- what's happening in your body and like, tr- you know, working through that. But I think for me, what I have to do when bad stuff happens, if it's a breakup, it is all of that. And so I can eventually look back on it as a positive and that I'm thankful that this person broke my heart or mm-hmm. I'm thankful that this person broke up with me. So I think that's the ultimate goal is to do all these things as a result, that you can't not be thankful that they broke up with you. Yeah. And I, and actually, I think that everyone should be like... It, it is it, to get that body, ladies, just so we're clear. <laughs> I feel like people don't break up with me enough because I'm just... I keep gaining weight. It's crazy. I want somebody to really decimate me in a way that is, is good for my body. Or just go back to Mexico and drink the water like you did last time. <sighs> I looked so good last year. I got food poisoning. It was amazing. Um, no, but I think that like... I mean, what I've taken from... What I took from the cheating, at least, was that like, yeah, I was, I did it once and it was 10 years ago. It's not like this is a pattern for me, but what I took from it was I was with the wrong person because I was seeking some kind of somebody that was better, smarter, more interesting. I was just at the baseline, just with the wrong person. And then I sought out what I needed in the wrong way Mm -hmm. and in a way that made me feel really shitty and horrible. And so I'm not glad for the experience, but it has made me a better person and the breakup with him eventually also made me a better person because I found Ashley. We started this business. Yeah, okay, I can't imagine your life with him. Um, but I also think like when you get to the end of a breakup and you realize you're okay, that is one of the most oh, powerful things in life. Such a good feeling. Everyone should have that. Like yeah. everyone should realize, everyone should have the experience of having their heart broken and realizing it didn't it actually kill them. I felt like I was going to die and I didn't. Because then there is a kind of, some people take that to be like, oh, that scarred me. I think of it as it it can develop a fearlessness. Mm -hmm. Because you know, well, fuck, I mean, if I can get my heart broken like that and be okay, I'll I'll be all right. I I have a guy friend, he had a um, broken engagement and like, I've never seen him so fucked up, you know? And then that was his attitude after that was like, I've been through the absolute worst. Yep. Like it, I want somebody, but I don't need somebody. If, if it happens to me again, it's not going to ruin my life. Yes. And I, to see him in that space after post breakup was, I've, I mean, just a strong, successful guy. And like, I've, I remember talking to him so much after that and all the girls he dated after that. And he, his, his, he wasn't flippant. He wasn't indifferent. He wasn't like, I don't care. I can take him or leave them. But his, mindset was that if they would leave him he would be okay yes because he's been through the worst that he feels like he could be through so i think that but i I mean i think also just i don't know your take on this but i think women get wrapped up in this like i need to know why and i need to know why i wasn't the person for you and what i did and i think i don't know what you say to that but sometimes rain and i just say 
you don't always know. Like it, sometimes people don't even know. Like there's, do you really need to hash this out and walk through everything and have this person tell you the moment they stopped having feelings for you? Yeah. Or can you just know that it wasn't the right fit and move on with your life? Because I think that's when people go crazy. They They read every text. They try to figure out where it went wrong. And sometimes it's like, why do you even need to know this? I think closure is overrated. Thank you. That's what we're saying. <laughs> well, sometimes you're never going to get it. Like sometimes the answer is you were never going to marry that person. And then women, not women, but everybody says, well, I didn't ask them to marry me, but you would have, you know, mm-hmm. if we keep going down this line, you would have asked me to move in together. You would have asked me to get married. And then I'm in a situation that I really cannot get out of without destroying somebody in a terrible mm-hmm. way. But yeah, we all want to know why. And like, after like the last guy I like ended things with, I read every text message. And I mean, I do this for a living. I know that it's not, as personal as it always seems. But I read every text message. I was like, where did this go wrong? What did I say wrong? What did I ask for that I should never have asked for? You know, and I think you're right. Sometimes the answer is just, you weren't the one. You weren't the one. And that's not like, sometimes we get enough distance from the hurt of something that we can then, well, hopefully always we get enough distance from the hurt of something that we can then start to have some self-awareness where we go, well, okay, even if they're not the right person for me, what could I have done better? Mm-hmm. What, was there a, a different energy at times that I could have brought? Not for their sake, but for the sake of the next person. Okay. There's someone who's going to come along who is going to be the love of my life. What do, I want to bring them my best. Is there anything I can learn? And I think it's really useful to frame it in those terms. Not what could I have done differently with this person that right. would have made it work. That's, that's masochism. But instead... What would my next partner, who I really want to make it work with, benefit from me learning from my last relationship? Mm-hmm. Now it removes the ego of I'm, doing, I'm, I'm making a change that my last partner would have wanted. And then I think it is worth asking that question. You're not going to, the reason I say closure is overrated is because you will sit around hoping for something that you're not going to get, usually from that person, because they're not being... You never know how honest someone is really being with you. You never know what they're keeping in it. We all know we've broken up with people where we didn't give them the honest, honest, honest truth. Well, I always joke like with men, like there's just somebody else. Like he just found somebody else. And like a lot of times people aren't going to be honest with you about that. Right. So let me ask you, I mean, just in the vein of what you're saying, if you, if closure is overrated and you can't have it, how do you soothe yourself from dealing with that? Well, I do think that you, I do think that there are certain things that we're not as blind to as we, uh, you know, we, we are more self-aware than sometimes we give ourselves credit for. We can look back and go, totally I was a little too much of this, or there were times when I was difficult to be around, or I would fix this in my next relationship. I do want to work on that. So I think there are certain things. And I also think it's worth us asking sometimes the people we do trust, how we, what they saw, you know, when it's friends or family. I've been in relationships where friends and family were, you know, when I was out of it, they started getting really honest with me about like, I... I felt like you were ignoring your needs in that relationship. Like I'd literally watch you ignoring certain things that were really important to you in order to please this person. And at the time I was too close to it to hear that. But once I got some distance, I could then look at that and go, huh, what was going on with me that I allowed that to happen? Mm -hmm. Because I allowed that to happen. And and it is possible that this person lost some respect for me in the process because I wasn't respecting myself. Like with distance, you can start to admit those things, those very difficult truths. So I think there is a form of closure that can come in the form of self-awareness, but I, I think we need some distance for that. And that's not something that you should be looking for necessarily in the weeks after a breakup. 
because there you're just in survival mode right. working on dealing yes. with uh, your heart being broken. Right. And by the way, I will say this because a lot of the th- one of the things that really freaks people out in a breakup is one of the reasons they're looking for closure is, is there anything I can still do? Like mm. I, I could fix right. this. I could fix this. I, I need them back. So there's, there's that element to it. And I think what people need is to be able to sleep at night. And there are productive conversations you can have with someone that will allow you to sleep at night. For example, you saying to the person that's just broken up with you very calmly and in a neutral way, I care about you deeply and I love you deeply. And I believe that I'm willing to give to this relationship on a level that is irreplaceable. And I know that there are things that you must wish were different about this relationship or you wouldn't be ending it. I'm prepared to do everything in my power to work on things that I need to work on. If there is anything that is genuinely falls into my lap that I need to work on, I am willing to do that work because this relationship matters to me. If you, if, if you want to make this work, and you care about me and love me on the level that, that I do you, I trust that you'll give us a shot based on that. But if you genuinely don't want to fight for this or, or don't even want to allow me to fight for this, then you must be right. This must be the wrong relationship. So I can't make you say yes to trying this again, but I can tell you what I'm willing to do and what I would love to do to make this work. And other than that, I'll be moving on unless you tell me otherwise. I think that's totally fair. And it sounds confident Because people, to me. like, let's be real here. People break up, they get back together, they get married, they're together forever. It happens. You know, it's, it's, it it's not, sometimes people don't have the tools to express their needs and things like that. Yeah. And a lot of times it is totally over forever. But when you still have a lot of love for somebody and there's work that could be done, I think that conversation is really important. And, and what keeps people up at night is the idea that, well, what if that is the question? Mark. Could I have done? What if I could have done something? Well, so listen, we ask you tell the person. Me, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you tell me what it is because I'm willing to fight for this, and you, I, I, I would love to know. But if you don't want to mm-hmm. fight for us, I can't do it. That then I can't help us. But to me, that's a very confident way of saying that. I think people are very afraid totally. to say that. Everybody is. You know, I, I, I said to somebody once, I'll change everything about myself to be with you for one more minute. Um, and that was somebody I was engaged to. But um, I think just in general, the way that you phrased it is very confidence and there's no shame in saying, hey, I want to work on this and I work on me. Yeah. If you really don't think that that's the case, then, you know, I'm, I'm fine to walk away too. Yeah. And that sounds like you still hold the power Hour, even though you're being super vulnerable. Well, and then just to tie it back in, I think you walk into that conversation knowing that the person could say there's nothing you can do. You have to. And yeah, then, you, then, but it's like, then you get to sleep at night. You the, know? That, but like, that's the purpose. The purpose isn't getting them back. The purpose is, is sleep. The, is to totally. sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. I love that we wrapped it up like that. Yeah, I wanted too. to say really quick, um, when we came in, you were talking about like full, like life fulfillment type of mm confidence and stuff like that was that kind of the inner confidence stuff you spoke about or are there other things that you tell people to achieve this look i'm 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 in a really interesting time in my life personally because i feel like i'm having an internal growth spurt right now like Mm -hmm. i really do i and i there are plenty of years where i wouldn't have said that um 
you know, I got invited at the end of last year to go and do this crazy cold exposure ice retreat in Poland with a group of 10 guys, which was uh, extraordinary and extraordinarily terrifying. We were like jumping off of cliffs into frozen lakes and spending 10 minutes in uh, ice baths outside in sub-zero temperatures and climbing mountains. It was deeply, I was really afraid of it. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do physically. And, um, and it was life-changing. And I realized the reason I said yes to that is because I needed to be shaken up. I needed something. I wanted something in my life that, that pushed me well outside my comfort zone that scared me. I'm used to doing things that scare me that I'm good at. You know what I mean? Um, like we, we all like to say, I take lots of risks every day and I'm constantly putting myself on the yeah. line. But most of us take risks and put ourselves on the line still in areas where we know we kind of kill it. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> it is. I mean, I think some people probably wa- watch you walk on a stage and they're like, wow, what a risk. But you're like, but I know that I'm going to crush I'm this. this. And even shit. if I don't, I have your money anyways. Well, I just certainly don't think that. But <laughs> I, I, do, I do go into every situation like that and think I'm trained for like this is... Mm-hmm. You like an audience can come in thinking that they're going to like, I joke, like you guys can try and make me uncomfortable. But the truth is you are, I don't feel afraid of being uncomfortable because I, this is home for me. Right. There are areas that aren't home for me and going on this ice, this cold exposure retreat. I, I don't like the cold. I don't think I'm good in that environment. And not only that, but every guy I was doing it with was like a beast. You know, I was doing it with a, a ex, a uh, Super Bowl uh, winning champion. I was Navy doing it with Seals, a probably. Two-time <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. A Navy SEAL. Um, you know, a <laughs> Can Ashley and I come out to dinner with you guys? Who are these people? Yeah, why are you no, keeping I mean, them it's, from us? It's an amazing group. An amazing group. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to masturbate to this tonight. <laughs> go watch my video. The, to be go the watch. only woman in Poland on a mountain with all these dudes. You know I love the cold. Just running the train on you on this mountain I love Poland. the cold. It's nature's air conditioning. Go okay, watch my anyway. videos on it on Instagram. Okay. You can watch 10 guys in a freezing cold tub. Oh, actually. So maybe and I don't imagine want to see yourself that. there. So I, I did that. And I can't tell you, I go in, I'm going into my year this year. I, I want to live so much this year. I really do. Like, I can't, uh, I can't say it more. I, I have so many things that I want to do with life right now. I have so many experiences I want to have. I'm doing a trip with Jesse Itzler, a friend of mine who was with me in Poland on this ice retreat where he has a, he literally rents a mountain three times a year and you climb the mountain over, you have 36 hours to climb the mountain so many times that it's the equivalent of climbing Everest. And, you know, like that's, that's going to be really tough. I'm not going to know anybody. I'm not, but I'm doing it because I, I just, I believe that everything good is going to come from those different ways that I'm doing things I wouldn't normally do. He has a rule that every eight weeks, he takes a weekend to do something that he wouldn't normally do with a weekend, Mm -hmm. to do a trip, to do something, an experience that he wouldn't normally do with a weekend. And, you know, that's fascinating me right now. And I I look at my life and I want it to be expansive. And I don't want to be the same person at the end of this year that I am at the beginning of this year. I want to just, I want to scare myself. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to grow. I want to take on new things. I want to meet new people. I want to, you, if you, I, I wouldn't have done, a, like, I don't think I did any podcast last year. I think I did one podcast last year, like in the whole year. Mm-hmm. 
that's because I was just in a different phase. And now I'm like, everything's expansive and I want to meet new people. I want to try new things. I want to come to your show and see your show and see what you're like. I'm excited about that. And it's, that's my mindset right now. And I'm, I look around now, I look at myself. This is not in any way. I'm not saying any of this to impress anybody else because I, for a long time, realized that even though I was doing difficult shit and even though I was working hard, I was in a routine and I was comfortable and it was always the same thing and I wasn't stretching myself. And I believe that that gateway to creativity is through doing different things than you normally do. I believe that the gateway to more confidence is to do things that you don't necessarily associate with being good at, but you do them anyway and you stop caring about whether you get good at it. Um, And I think that the recipe for getting ourselves out of the obsessive over-analytical mindset that leads to us sitting at home on a sofa waiting for a text, which is the, if you think about it, the epitome of the issue is Mm -hmm. why am I sitting at home right now torturing myself because this person I really like isn't texting me? What's the question everyone should be asking themselves is, What's happening in my life or what's not happening in my life that means right now I have the time and emotional energy to dedicate to waiting for a text from somebody else. And, I, and the kind of life that I want to live for myself this year and I invite people to join me on that journey is one where I don't have time to sit around obsessing over the text. Uh, And by the way, for anyone, I'll say this now because it's a free training, but for anyone who actually wants something that they can do to continue that, um, I have a a video that I put together, which literally breaks down confidence and what people can do to build it. And it's at getcoreconfidence.com. I love it. That's just, it's, it's what it is. I had a friend that went through a terrible breakup. She felt like she was living in New York and she felt like she was just becoming the type of person she didn't want to be. And she just climbed Kilimanjaro. She doesn't do active stuff. I mean, she goes to workout classes, but Uh she's not an outdoorsy hiker. And she was like, I'm going to do this thing. And I think that it doesn't have to be physical, but like you see people that run a marathon and they cross the finish line and they're like, I never thought I could do this. And you know, I've always been a sort of runner running a marathon. I could do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. it's not so out of my comfort zone, but right. it, for somebody, it's like the thing that they never dreamed they could do. And for some people, it's try and stand up. Like it's, yeah. it's I tell people like, if you think you want to do stand up once, if you do it one time, even if you bomb, you are better for it. Like you have checked this box of like the thing that people deem to be one of the yeah. scariest things in life. And so I, I love that you said this and you like wrapped it up perfectly with making this expansive life for yourself. So you're not staying at home waiting on a text. It's so true. Yeah. I think fill your life with as much as you can. I went through a breakup. I didn't know what to do on Saturdays and Sundays. It was as simple as that. I was just like, this was our time together. I don't know what to do anymore. Instead of sitting at home and crying, I signed up for a culinary school that was all day, every Saturday and Sunday. And I met tons of people and I learned a skill. And like, it's really not my dream to be in like a classroom environment with a bunch of people I don't know. But it filled the quiet in my life in a way that I was really proud of. And it got me out of the house more. And I just think that like, yeah, do those things that I'm never going to climb a mountain. That's just not for me. But, you know, do those things. I know that you're saying I should, but I'm not. No, 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 I'm not. I, 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 think, I, I think that's what's important is it's whatever is, you know what your, your thing is. Yeah. 
Like no one needs to, I don't, I'm not certainly not encouraging anyone. You know, when I've talked about this Poland trip that I did, I'm actually not saying to anyone, you should go and do a trip like that. For sure. I think it's right. whatever is your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of know what it is. That's totally you, out of your comfort zone. You know zone. what it is. Yeah. yeah. For me, it'd probably be like going to surf camp because I'm like so bad at physical stuff <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed because I like want to be graceful and like put together and it's like nothing is more horrifying to watch than me skiing or surfing. <laughs> so like think about if you every eight weeks like you picked your surfing by the end of the year like how dynamic I of know. a person you would be. Like I'm never going to go to surf camp either. But <laughs> I mean maybe I will. I don't know. I mean, think I'm going to go to surf camp. I'm so inspired right now. Are going to surf camp? We're going um, to Costa Rica. I just think when you think about the end of your year like all the things you will have gained by just picking that thing just do it once. Mm-hmm. And like you, we always say like especially after a breakup say yes to everything. Just say it's the parties you never would have gone to, to That's events. Great. I I actually don't mind going to like I'll go to con- stand up by myself all the time. Like I'll just watch stuff by myself. I'll go to a concert by myself. I don't care. But do those things, and then all of a sudden you're just like a better better person. Hundred percent. Yeah. And that list of things that you did that you never would have done if you'd have stayed in that relationship gets longer and longer <sighs> and longer. And then you're this more dynamic person for the next person you date. Absolutely. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> um. This is great and like a beautiful way to wrap this up. Um, and I think that, you know, we definitely, I feel like so much of our audience is going to want to know where to find you, where to find your videos, um, your website. So if you could tell us where to find yeah. more of your work. Um, I could give people a, a couple of links that would be fun for them. Um, the first one for all of the deeper stuff we've talked about today, if you go to getcoreconfidence.com, there, there'll be an entire free training on becoming a much more confident version of you this year. If you want something lighter and more fun that's on the very practical side i have a free guide that gives you nine specific text messages that you can send someone to create attraction so that's at nine texts.com if you go to nine texts.com <laughs> you can literally download that in the next five minutes uh and those are you can use those whether you're single whether you're in a relationship it's really awesome and even if you don't think of them as text messages but just amazing principles for how to create attraction they're really powerful Um, And then lastly, I'd say just come follow me on Instagram because I keep people up to date with everything going on. Uh, Watch and those all videos of my in bed, videos. ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's at, at, at Matthew Hussey. Um, at, at Matthew Hussey. At the Matthew Hussey. The Matthew Hussey. I follow you on Instagram. I just forgot. Okay, guys. Well, we are going to say goodbye to Matthew. This has been so wonderful. And stick around. We'll be back. We're going to do another little fun, some little something. Yeah. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank guys. you. Okay, we're back. That was, back. that was wonderful. He's so, so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of your zone? To get out of the zone. Okay, <laughs> you guys, we got to tell you, we, we're going to do this little segment about things that you've done that pushed you out of your comfort zone and pushed your boundaries. But we, when we did Charlotte, the comedy zone, we couldn't <laughs> stop saying like, you could the, the, stop. I couldn't stop. It was, it's truly of all, how many shows? Almost 70. It's one of my favorite things I've ever, like a recurring bit that I did on stage. Cause we got on stage and their logo looks a little spooky and it was, <laughs> it was an, Halloween. It was in October and Raina was like, do they always have that spooky logo? And I was like, that's just their logo. And then it turned into this whole, like, we're in the zone. And comedy we, zone. We couldn't stop staying the zone all throughout the show in Charlotte. It was one of my favorite things. So now, like, every time we say the zone in our day-to-day life and in our friendship, it's the zone. The zone. <laughs> what? It's so funny. Anyways, I hope you didn't have to be there for it. It was pretty funny. So this... Uh, segment is called Getting Out of Your Comfort Zone. <laughs> um, but we were very inspired by what Matthew has to say. We asked you guys on Instagram how you've gotten out of your zone. <laughs>
<laughs> um, I'm just going to run through it. We, we, okay, we put it on our Instagram story to um, leave your short responses and then some of you guys emailed us and we're going to go through a few of them. We got an overwhelming number of these. A lot of them were similar. So we just want to shout out the, these really impressive, amazing things. So many of you guys said you just moved to a country where you didn't speak the language. I saw I joined the army. I joined the Navy. I joined the Air Force. I joined a police academy, moved to China, moved to Israel, moved to Thailand, moved to Australia, like got a divorce, left my partner after t- a decade. You know, all these really impressive things. I want to recognize all them. They were just, you know, there was a lot of the same, which was great. You guys are incredible. Mm -hmm. We're very inspired by it. And I mean, I always say like, I don't, I don't know why anybody would say in a situation that they hate and you can always make your life better and change it. And I love that you guys are so dynamic and smart. So good for you. Yeah. All right. So we're going to run through a couple that that stood out. Um, All right. I'll start. Went to India for a three-week yoga meditation retreat when I've never left the country That's crazy. India is not the first place that a a non-traveler should go to. I have traveled the world. I have traveled. I've been to Cambodia alone. India would be a stretch. Never left the country. Never left the country. Yeah. Like the first time I left the country, I went to London. Most people go to places (laughs) where you speak the language. It's a first world country. All the comforts of home are there. You go to the Caribbean. Yeah. On a cruise. Right. Maybe (laughs) Greece is the most outside of your comfort zone. India, which, look, it's on my bucket list. I'd love to go there. It wasn't the first thing I ever did outside of the country. I know. All right. This one's for Raina. (laughs) She said, I signed up for a Tough Mudder. I've never run more than one mile outside before. Fuck no. It's not for everybody, but I love stuff like that. We talked about with Matthew. Like if you, you're like, you know what? I'm going to fucking run a marathon. I'm going to train for it. I'm going to accomplish this thing. It's special. I I actually think like when you're suffering or going through something, like what a special thing to like set a real measurable, attainable goal and just go fucking do it. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy thing. Uh A tough mutter is not for like weak of heart. She's like, I've never exercised. Yeah. Um, Okay, this girl, lots, lots of anal. We got a lot of anal stuff, so good for your bravery. She said, anal, just kidding. Taking a new job in a city where I know no one, also anal. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, oh, was that your job in the new city? She's like, anal was actually part of the, the job. So many ones about anal. It's brave. Uh, oh my God. It's brave to do anal. And also just like, I mean, they say that like taking a new job is one of the most stressful things you could do in the entire world. Moving is one of the most stressful things to do those things together. I can't even imagine. I've never done it. Like yeah. after college, I moved here, but like who didn't move to a new city after college? That's not so brave. This is crazy. Okay. Um, also okay. I traveled alone when no one would commit to the trip and ended up living in Australia for four months. As you guys listen to this, we are in Australia. And Ashley's going to live there. I, and I live here now. That, I, I just love that. Like that is, it's so cool to be like, I want to go on this trip. No one's committing. Fuck it. I'm going to go alone. And then you just stay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really brave. I think it's really sexy. I have really tested my boundaries in ways I like never thought I could buy those trips by myself because like you have to deal with packing and customs and visas and all kinds of stuff that you just have no help. Mm -hmm. And it's really brave to just get up and do it. And I love this idea of like not waiting for another person to come with you if you don't want to. Right. Who cares? Go. Um, Okay. I'm afraid of heights, but devil's pool at Victoria Falls was a bucket list item. So empowering. Um, I think this is so brave because like a fear of heights really is like physically paralyzing. Yeah. And to, it's not like, you know, I wanted a trip. I didn't know her like, you know, butt sex. Like this is something that people like black out from fear. Yeah. And I love that she was like, I did it. Just took the leap. Um, 
yeah, to me, it's, it's, it's one of those things of like, when you really think about it, I'm not really afraid of heights. Like it's just kind of people, everybody's different. So like, to me, I'm like, no big, it's no big deal. But some people like to, to, to blow past like a crippling fear and just do it. Like you're so, you're a stronger person for it forever. Absolutely. I mean, if you know, you really conquered something that your body, that your body physically will not let Mm -hmm. you do. Like I can't ride roller coasters. I won't do it. So, um, good for you, girl. This one I could never do, but big ups. Um, (laughs) three day silent meditation retreat. Big for me because I don't stop talking all caps. Silence is so brave. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Remember, didn't Emma Wilman come out to her mom on a meditation retreat where they weren't supposed to be talking? <laughs> yes. and she like whispered, "Like I'm gay" to her mom, so she couldn't respond. She couldn't respond. I love it. Um, I mean, it's not something I would do, but I mean, a lot of these things aren't things I would do, but they're all very brave to me. Not talking is really interesting. Um, I'm gonna go to Bali by myself, and maybe I'll do yoga once. That'll oh, be, that'll be brave. Oh, I can't picture you exercising. <laughs> <laughs> What if I come back from Bali? Like, you know, I'm trying to stop drinking also. What if I come back from Bali and I'm like a vegan that does yoga and meditates? Oh my God. This we podcast yoga together. Is, the podcast I'll is embrace over. it. Um, this one really like, I mean, it just moves me very much. She said I, I came out to my conservative parents. Um, I think that I feel very choked up by this. And I know a lot of people that are in the closet experience this, but like how terrifying it is to live your truth and be true to yourself sexually and romantically when you know you could like genuinely be like disowned by your family. Yeah. And I think it's very brave. And I think that anybody obviously who's in the closet can relate to it. And I just, I think it's a beautiful thing. So good for you. Yeah. There was a couple, there was one I saw that she said I had to tell my traditionally Asian parents that I was dating outside our the race. Terrifying. Which, yeah. Um, this one skydiving and also butt stuff <laughs> at the same time. You know that you go, you got someone's going to be on your back. You just, you, you go the same time. You go full anal penetration and you jump out of that plane. I can't decide what would be more uncomfortable, the dick in my ass or falling from a plane. I feel like hundred percent the dick in my ass. I think the dick in my ass would make me forget that I was falling from the plane. There it is. Like, it cancels each other out. I think it's like when people are panicking, you hit them in the face. They forget about what they're panicking about. Yeah. This is the hit in the face, <laughs> but it's a smack in the butthole. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I recorded myself doing more Instagram videos for my business account. So uncomfortable at first. I, you know, every Monday I like wake up and I talk to the camera about yeah. our shows and like, it's really awkward for me. It's so uncomfortable. I hate it so much because I want to seem like authentic, but like it's not It's not normal to talk by yourself to a camera, yeah. but I want to promote our shows because I'm so proud of them. Yeah. So um, I really relate to this because I think it's like really tough to do as well. But at the end of the day, it's not that tough for us. It's what we do. You know what I mean? Like for some people that are like so shy and have never done anything like this, like mm-hmm. it, I understand it. Like it's no big deal for me to just whip out the camera. And, and I still get, I don't get nervous by any stretch, but I'll re-record stuff. I'll flub my words. I'll go back in. I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. This should be more natural sometimes and more easy. But I, I, I put this one in there because I just, some people would be like, whatever, that's not a big deal. But it really is for somebody like you sit there and you have to psych yourself up to actually put yourself out there. It is truly being like vulnerable mm-hmm. to some people and and it can be, it, they can be really scared. So I, I love that one. I think it's also really hard to like remind yourself, look pretty, act natural, smile, hype this up and still hit all the details that you want to hit. Yeah. I re-record our, my thing on Monday morning like three or four times sometimes because I'm like, I didn't hype the guest enough. I, I flubbed the point of this. Like mm-hmm. I missed stuff we talked yeah. about. I re-record this and I do this I, all the same. time every week. Me too. But yeah, that's great. Um, This one, obviously a favorite. Bought a ticket to GGE for my birthday and I'm going alone. Still going to drink and have a blast. Going alone to anything 
so, like that. Like, uh, you know, cause it's a fun girls I know. Like people, we love that you guys come alone. Every girl that comes alone makes friends. Absolutely. And people come alone all the time. So come to our shows alone, please. But it is, it's a social type of event. So it is kind of ballsy to go alone. You know, it's not like a sitting in a quiet reading where, I mean, it's a fun thing. Girls are there with their friends. So for you to show up alone, it's ballsy and it, it's brave and I, I love it so much. And so I don't know who this girl is, but happy birthday and we'll see you at the show. Yeah. And I also, it's the same thing as I think about people that eat at restaurants by themselves. It's like, it's so flattering that this experience, having this experience superseded your need to be in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like you wanted to be there so badly that it was enough for you to push yourself outside of that. Yeah. Um, and there's no shame in it. I go to comedy shows alone. I go to movies alone. I went to the museum alone the other day. Like I do stuff alone all the time. I yeah. think it's great. Okay. So then we have a couple emails. Um, I'll kick it off. So I've always loved traveling and I was always intimidated to travel solo internationally. Last October, I was sitting at work, hungover and hating my life. I bought a ticket to Costa Rica that would leave the following week. I had not requested days off for work yet and I did not speak Spanish. I left for Costa Rica for an entire week. I loved it so much that at the end of the week, I called into work and asked for them to cover my shifts for the following week. I'm just now getting out of my negative PTO. Then road trip from Costa Rica to Nicaragua and cross the border on foot. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk about an intimidating moment. I don't speak Spanish and it's a developing country and my first international solo border crossing on foot. Best trip ever. God, I I'm mean, I'm going to pull it together. <laughs> I'm um, just, you know, I mean, you know, I've traveled alone a lot and I've, I yeah. feel like I have really pushed my boundaries to do stuff like this and I've always taken trips last minute and most people can't do that and they don't have the money to do it or the mm -hmm. time and I, I think it's really brave to do it in a place where you don't speak the language. Yeah. And like, if you fuck up, it's on you to fix it. And I just, I think it's beautiful that somebody says like, I want to have this experience regardless. hundred percent. And like it, all those little things, every single challenge, every single time you push yourself out of your comfort zone and you feel uncomfortable and you work through it, you are a stronger, better person for it. Yeah. And now like, I think I'm a better travel partner with my friends because I know how to travel and plan for stuff and I'm not scared to do stuff alone. I'm proud of it. And I love that this girl did this. So good for you, girl. That's fucking awesome. I know. I love it. Okay. I love this one. Um, at 28, I was overweight, depressed, and unsatisfied with my career and love life. I made a big decision to start changing my whole life so I didn't hit rock bottom at 30. I started by going to the gym and eating better. Then at 29, I decided to go back to school to get my law degree. Finally, two months after turning 30, I broke things off for good with my loser fuckboy ex. I will be 32 when I finish my undergrad and 35 when I graduate law school. But I've never been happier with a decision in my life. It took being really sad about where I was to realize that I didn't have to stay in that place. I'm now completely single and focusing only on myself, and I've never been happier it is never too late to ask for and achieve the life you deserve. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, fuck it. I'm going to law school. She's like, Elle Woods. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian's decided to be a lawyer at 35. There is nothing <laughs> I respect more than somebody who's just like, I hate all this shit. I'm changing it. Yeah. I think it's so brave. Who the fuck goes back to school and they're 29? Who, I mean, that is also one of the hardest ages, by the way, to break up with somebody. Cause you're like, I'm on this on precipice. The, yes, exactly. Do I want to go into 30 single and newly in school? This girl though. I mean, that's so crazy. She's like, not happy with my body. Change it. This guy sucks. Dump him. I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cause it's just not like 35 is young. You're, you know, like not to you guys are 22. You think that sounds old as fuck, uh, which, is, is, long. which is offensive yes. to us, but uh, no, I'm just like, <laughs> it's just, you can start over. Life is long. Yeah. I know everybody loves to say like, life is short, life is short, but life is long, right. you know? And like, that. you don't have to do anything you don't want to do at 35. You're, you're going to live for another 60 years. Yeah. Change it. Do something different. 
Great. I'm sure this next one will make me cry. All I do is cry. As a black woman, my hair is supposed to be my glory. My hair owned me. I couldn't go out in the rain. I couldn't go swimming. I couldn't work out without having to think about my fucking hair. I was also single and didn't think guys would like a girl with no hair. So it also held me back from freeing myself. So dumb. So in 2016, I couldn't take it anymore. And I cut it all off and started over with no hair. It was the most freeing thing I ever did. I can do what I want when I want and I never have to think about it. Reflecting on it now makes me feel so sad because so much of my identity was wrapped up in my hair. I just want women to know, especially black women who go through the same thing I I did to know that it is okay and, and for sure do what you want. But if you need the extra push, take it from me. Just do it. Happy Black History Month. I think I that's mean, beautiful. I just, I love this so much. Like, and you, you know, I, I can't relate as a white woman, you know, like what the, the stress that your hair causes you, you know, and then, but you're like, but I need it. Cause it's like, what makes me feminine and pretty and guys won't like me otherwise. And then for her to be like, fuck this, like you free yourself. Look at Marie Faustin. We had her on the podcast. I think that was probably part of it. She had a, a lot of hair and I think part of it was just dealing with it. And mm-hmm. she just shaved it off. I mean, I relate to this. You are so blessed with such great hair, but like my hair, I've had hair problems my whole life. It's probably because I have curly hair and I've straightened it every day for my whole life. But, you know, it's been thinning for the last like six or seven years. And like, I feel like a lot of my identity as a woman is like tied up into this and makes me feel less attractive Mm -hmm. and not want to go on dates as much and bummed out all the time. And like, I've gotten hair extensions to make it better, but like, it's a lot of work and it's exhausting and it makes me feel bad about myself. So like, I relate to this. Dewey is like, oh my God, you are like being so cute with him right now what is happening no you look like, like a dog so person wonderful lately he's being so sweet i walked him that one time <laughs> <laughs> no it is it's it's there's a lot of like stuff about women and their hair and like especially black women mm-hmm. and i i love this that she was like why did i do this sooner you know yeah like she feel she's like freed free. herself yeah and i think that like honestly Ugh. men can't relate to this but like i just think that it's like a beautiful thing to be like fuck this I'm not going to wake up every day and think about yeah. this. Well, but men too, there's value in their hair. And I think that you see men start to lose their hair and, and maybe it's, they, they're holding on to that last little bit. Cause they're like, women want a guy with hair. And then they finally are like, fuck it. I got I got to bick it. And that's probably freeing for them too. Um, Okay, last and final one. She writes, I was always a relatively quiet and socially anxious person. A few years ago, I found out I had failed a major exam that cost $3,200 to take. I needed to pass for my job. I was completely blindsided, depressed, and totally hopeless about the year to come. I would dread going to work because I felt like I wouldn't be able to do the job much longer anyway if I didn't pass the test. I saw a Facebook ad for an improv workshop. I had always followed comedians, so I imagined it was targeted to me. Normally, I would never. I was never a performer as a child or adult, but felt like I needed something else to put my time and energy into since my job that I had already sacrificed so much for felt frustrating and futile. Futile? Futile. Every step of the way, I didn't want to go. From leaving the house to walking into the room, but I instantly fell in love. (laughs) I'm going to like... I took improv classes and eventually was cast on multiple teams and performed in shows that my family and friends could come and see and enjoy. It helped me experience joy, have a break from everything else going on and really taught me how to roll with the punches. Three years later, I'm still doing it. And I live with my boyfriend, a kind, smart, wonderful man who I met on one of my (laughs) improv teams. God damn it. I often think back to that day and how badly I didn't want to go because it felt weird and different and what incredible new directions my life took after. Oh yeah. And fuck. Oh yeah. And one year later I passed my test. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> uh, I... girl. Good for you. <laughs> <I'm crying. laughs> 
Oh, I just, I, I mean, I know that everybody relates to these things where you like don't want to walk out the door and there's so many things I don't want to do all the time. And I never regret doing them once I do them. And there is things that I feel like paralyzed from fear. I mean, I think about this show and it's, it's two years old and I'd never walked on a stage before. And like, what is that going to be like? Mm -hmm. And the worst thing in the world is that you do it and you don't like it. It's a little embarrassing and you never do it again. But you're still better for it. Yeah, you are. And like, you're we talk about like bombing at shows and being terrible on stage and like other comedians will tell you like, go and do it. You're stronger for the bombs than you yeah. are for the success. And um, I just think this is really a beautiful notion. So I know. Congratulations. And I want to plug something um, in Atlanta that I think is like such a special thing. A friend of mine named Lace Larrabee, she is an incredible comedian. I, I, I knew her since I started doing comedy in Atlanta. Um, she does this thing called Laugh Lab and it is a stand-up class for just women. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't know how, how many weeks the courses is, um, but you guys can go to Laugh Lab Comedy and it's Laugh Lab Comedy on Instagram as well. And Lace Larrabee is, is her name, but um, it's incredible. Like, look at this photo of all these women just like completing it. And then they have like the their graduation show. So Kelly did it. Kelly Knight did it. I've known girls that do it. I know one girl. I remember she was interested in comedy. She's a listener of ours and she took it and now she's performing at mm -hmm. clubs all over Atlanta. So if you ever thought you wanted to get, not even if you care about being a comedian, but you want to, you think you're funny or you just want to get better at public speaking, mm -hmm. this thing. And God, I feel like, I don't even know if her classes are booked. I'm sorry if she's full, but like <laughs> check it out because I don't know anything like it in New York. I mean, there's comedy classes and stuff, but just for women, by women, it's this really incredible thing and everybody's has such an amazing experience. Um, and so anyway, check that out. But it's like a safe space to start in. About a year and a half ago, you and I had started performing and I was like, I want to get better. Like I want to be a better storyteller. And so I started going to The Moth by myself. Mm -hmm. Um and if you guys don't know what The Moth is, you can look it up on Instagram or their website. It's a storytelling series and it's in a lot of cities. And they have a podcast as well. But in New York, it's a space. It's usually some kind of like library or event space. And mm -hmm. there's usually like about 100 people and there's a theme every night and like eight people get up and tell a story and you vote on it. And it really does like strengthen your own storytelling if you can get on stage. But it's just watching people I even helped me where I was like, okay, I would have changed that like this. I would have paused in a different time. I would have taken this out of the story. I remember we started the podcast. I thought, like the way I tell stories, I include things that aren't important. Mm -hmm. I want to take different details out. I want to make this more dynamic. So I started to go to that by myself. Um, and that was a really like push myself outside of my comfort zone thing. I was glad I did. Yeah. And things like that. I mean, like her course, for example, and others like it, it you don't have to want to be a comedian in your life. It's just, it's, it makes you a better conversationalist, public speaker at your job. You know, like so many of my girlfriends have, like, I think about Kate, for example, like, Kate's not a performer, but she has to get up in front of a bunch of people and talk, you know, and she's like promoted and gotten raises so many times because she's so good at it and she has comedic timing and people love her. And it's like it, a lot of that stuff that you get from classes and courses like that, Toastmasters and shit like that are make you better in your day-to-day -day job mm -hmm. as, and people just want to be around you more. It, it just all ties in and then you're more confident and your inner confidence and you're better with guys and dating. It all ties in together. So push yourself out of your zone. Out of your zone, guys. <laughs> so whether that is, um, you know, taking a trip or changing jobs, moving cities, leaving a relationship, going to a class, going to an event, coming to one of our shows. Um, just congratulations to anybody who did any of this stuff. It's really beautiful. And hopefully we'll see you guys in the zone. <laughs>
<laughs> we are planning another Charlotte show. I'm not doing, we're not doing theirs. We got to do the zone. The Sorry, zone. I can't talk about it enough. Um, and speaking of that, guys, get tickets to our shows at girlsgottypodcast.com or I literally don't care shows.com. Girls Gotti Podcast on Instagram, Raina.Greenberg, Ash Hess, girls underscore got eat on Twitter. Subscribe, rate, review. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.